What is up, bros, and welcome to the All Bros Podcast. I am Jonathan. And I'm Caleb. And we are a couple of aspiring filmmakers that love to watch and critique movies, but also enjoy a lot of bit of the nerd life. Uh, this week on the podcast, we will be... I think we've brought this up that we're kind of doing away with Funko Focus. It's kind of just going to be like... If we have a Funko Pop that we want to talk about, we'll either like kind of bring it up like right at the beginning, or we'll put it in through the wall, right? Yeah, pretty much. Like it's okay. it's it's gonna it'd have to be like a a pop figure that just really blows us away for us to bring it up. Yeah, and it's, it's kind of has to be in like a sweet spot of no other news coming up. <laughs> yeah, this, this is true. But yeah, I think Fungo Focus is dead, so we can stop bringing it up. <laughs> yeah, so after this episode, if you guys don't hear anything more about Fungo Focus, don't be surprised. It's dead. It's never coming back. Say goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> so blunt. Um, So, instead of starting off Funko Focus, we'll be uh, starting off with our 4K Spotlight. We got a brand new title that we uh, want to chat with you guys about. Uh, that uh, came out, what was it, this summer, I think? What, didn't it come out this summer? Like That's July good or question. something? It came out a little bit before Shang-Chi did, if I'm not mistaken. Like, maybe like late August? That's what I'm thinking. Okay. Um, so yeah, so we'll be talking about that with Through the Wall. We'll be talking about some uh, Marvel's Avengers news, as well as um, a uh, new poster that we got that doesn't really give a lot away. But there is still stuff that we want to say. <laughs> yeah, we rhyming on this. We rhyming on this episode. Bloody hell! <laughs> um, and then after those two things with the wall, we'll be moving on to our All Bros headliner of the evening, which will be our breakdown of Marvel's Eternals. Hills, yes, yeah. So, what do you say we get started, Caleb? Say, let's do it. Oh my gosh, I'm so stupid. I forgot, I forgot soundboard. Need motivation? Angry Dad Podcast. Trying to jumpstart your life? Angry Dad Podcast. You want help getting off the couch? Angry Dad Podcast. You need a verbal kick in the ass? Angry Dad Podcast. You want to hear from somebody who's been through it all? Angry Dad Podcast. I am here for you. You can find me on all podcast platforms. All right, so first jumping into 4K Spotlight, uh, we have Jungle Cruise coming to 4K and Blu-ray this week, um, starring Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt, and both of us have yet to see this yet, um, but fret not, everyone, I already pre-ordered the Steelbook, so me and Caleb will be checking it out very soon, so <laughs> didn't want to worry you guys. Um, it's also going to be on uh, Disney Plus in a couple days. Well, damn it. Okay. Still buying yeah. it, though. Yeah, so that's one of the things. I think, what is it calling it? Disney Plus Day. They're releasing a bunch of movies, and one of the big ones is Jungle Cruise. But they're also releasing, like, Shang-Chi. And... Aren't they also releasing that Home Alone movie that day? Yeah, dude, they're releasing a bunch of shit. But yet they won't... I know they're premiering new shows on Wednesdays, but you couldn't give us 
at least maybe like how about how about on Disney Plus do you give us the first episode of Hawkeye and then the that Wednesday after you give us the second episode. There you go. You're still on track to finish the series when you wanted to. I mean, you're not wrong, but still, I think they wanted to do a two episode premiere. I know. I just really want to see Hawkeye. <laughs> so well, bad. you got what? Fourteen more days. So long. <laughs> yeah, no, it freaking sucks. But anyway, um, so yeah, so Jungle Cruise is coming to 4K. Shockingly, or shocker, Best Buy is getting the uh, 4K Steelbook, which I really like the design. Um, I think it looks really good. It has Emily Blunt and Dwayne Johnson, along with, I think it's Emily Blunt's brother in the movie. Them on the ship, or the boat, whatever. Um, but it's like a kind of like a wide shot. It's not cl- close up on them. It's actually like kind of like a wide shot. It looks super, super cool. So I'm really glad that I pre-ordered it. Um, and then uh, they're going to be doing a uh, Target exclusive that... What is it again? Because Target's doing this like we're starting to do this very interesting thing now with Disney exclusives. Um, they come now... So they're called Art Editions. And they come with exclusive original designs, which include two limited edition foil-etched prints. Hmm. So, I mean, you know, kudos to Target for switching it up and doing something different. I appreciate that. Yeah, that's super cool. Yeah. So, like, I like the one for Jungle Cruise. I hate the one that they did for (laughs) Shang-Chi. Really? I don't maybe I don't know maybe it's just me I'm probably just being too it, it maybe just because it's like too simple for me it's literally just rings flying in the air. Hmm. Yeah, I guess you're right there, huh? Okay. Okay. So, so I'm not crazy. <laughs> I mean, you're still a little crazy, but not. Why? Because it's Shang Chi. Sure. <laughs> oh, okay. Wait. Oh, okay. Sorry. Never mind. <laughs> Dude, for a second, I thought, like, they had, like, a different, like, they had, like, two steelbooks for Shang-Chi, and I was just like, wait, where the hell is the second one going? <laughs> but no, it's it's still just one. Nice. Um, but yeah, so Jungle Cruise is coming to 4K. Um, that's really it. Uh, a couple of Mad Max films are also coming to 4K this week. Along with actually Candyman, the uh, remake is coming out. Um, then I think that's it. Oh, I gotta touch upon this. One of my favorite Christmas movies, and I don't care who hates this film, is coming to Blu-ray finally. Christmas with the Cranks. It's coming out this Tuesday, and I am so buying it. Freaking <laughs> love that movie. I am so excited. So, is that like a Christ- not well liked Christmas movie? <laughs> no, it's not. So many people hate it. Jeez. Have you seen it? Um, the name sounds familiar. Let me let me just figure that out. Um, no, I don't think I have. Real okay, all right. Well, if it comes with the digital code, I don't think it does. Um. I'll send it to you, but I think it's on a streaming platform somewhere. Cool. 
We'll have yeah. to make that one a movie night. Hell yeah. I'm oh hell yeah, I'm down. I wanna see if someone else actually likes this movie. <laughs> uh you know what now? Okay, so now that this movie's coming to Blu-ray, they just need to put unaccompanied minors on Blu-ray. And oh then my gosh, that movie Some sucked. of my favorite Christmas... Screw you, bro. <laughs> I love okay, that now, movie. Okay, now I'm questioning kid. whether or not I'm actually going to watch Christmas with the Cranks with you then. Oh, oh, because my taste is that bad since I actually like unaccompanied minors? Your taste in holiday film is is questionable. Hey, I hate Home Alone. F- well, actually, yeah, that's true because I you hate Home Alone three and I like Home Alone three. Oh my god! Then didn't you have like a hard? Wait, was it you? Some di- someone didn't like Elf. Was it you? No, I love it. Dude, we we reviewed Elf. <laughs> I know, but I don't remember if you. Big... No, I loved Elf. I think I might. I might. I, I think want to that... say it's Vic that didn't. Yeah, like it was Elf. either Vic or uh, DJ. But I think it was Vic. My money's on Vic. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I do have good taste in some Christmas movies. Some. <laughs> hey, everyone has those, like, Christmas movies that everyone else, like, thinks is, like, complete dog shit, but you love. Don't you have some? I don't know. I don't... Oh. I'll be 100% real. I'm... I feel like I'm a little bit of a Scrooge, but not in like I'm putting down everyone else's holiday spirit. It's just I don't really have any of my own. <laughs> no, that that's I I get it. Like I and it's not I love like I like setting up for Christmas. Actually, no, I actually drag my feet on setting up for Christmas. <laughs> I Oh my gosh, I'm a, I'm a freaking Scrooge. I'm like I always I put it off Christmas decorating until the day after Thanksgiving. Dude, if it makes you feel any better when it comes to like seeing people like and this is like nothing against like you and Brielle, but when I like see people, you know, like walking down the street, there's like Christmas lights, you see like mistletoe holding hands, kissing, I'm just like, Oh, get a room, screw you guys. Thanks for making me feel lonely. <laughs> Uh yeah, but yeah, I don't I don't know. It's um yeah, I feel like I'm a bit of a scrooge when it comes to the holidays. Like honestly, dude, like um working in like the grocery business, Christmas music and Christmas movies are like I feel like the only way that I can kind of get into the Christmas spirit because when I go back to work, literally dealing with customers just kind of brings it back down for you. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I it's don't... the only thing that brings joy during the Christmas I kind of have to force for myself to watch Christmas movies. Oh, that makes me sad. Yeah, sorry, like, I, I kind of have to be, like, super into in the, the Christmas mood, and I know that I'm not... I'm not very often. <laughs> and yet I'm the guy that starts listening to Christmas music November 1st. Yeah. We are an, we are an odd duo. <laughs> we really are. Like we went freaking like hog wild for for Christmas or for Halloween last year where we did nothing but horror movies. This one just kind of got away with the, from us because we had like so many different movies that we wanted to do. 
Yeah, that's true. Um, so it's kind of hard to throw throw one in. Um, I don't know if the Matrix movies can technically be considered holiday movies. They're, they're not. They're not. <laughs> but that's what our December is going to look like. <laughs> hey, you know what? It works. You know, since Matrix Four is coming out, so it works perfectly. Yeah. And then. Yeah, we're not very Christmassy. Like, we even dropped the ball. Like, we did some holiday movies last year, but we yeah, kind of dropped the ball on um, on anything holiday-related this year. Yeah, we'll get you guys next year. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, so that's what's coming out on 4K this week. And, you know, honestly, after I show Caleb Christmas with the Cranks, we're going to come back here and give you guys our quick. <laughs> reaction or his quick reaction oh, <laughs> i'm actually very interested to hear it now <laughs> considering he hates unaccompanied minors oh. oh shit that's funny oh man um anyway <laughs> uh moving on to through the wall um in no it's not insomniac Nope. No, they they created a good spot. They created a good superhero game. <laughs> yeah, and they have a couple more coming out. Well, okay. In Square year. Enix's in Square Enix's defense, I've actually heard Guardians of the Galaxy is actually very fun. I've heard it's a very good solo game. It freaking better be. It it's freaking dude, it's better be. Getting, like one of the biggest positive people have said, it showcases how much fun. A single player, no add-ons, no uh, like internet connection, shit like that. Just single player, story-driven game can be. How much fun that can be, still. Dude, I've been. You're preaching to the freaking choir. <laughs> <laughs> that is like the majority of games that I play are okay, single player. So... Not our single player story-based games yeah so guardians will be perfect for you it better be dude i i don't know <laughs> if i could take another marvel's avengers <laughs> yeah you me both speaking of marvel's avengers um <laughs> they have finally showcased uh what spider-man is going to look like when he drops i'm assuming sometime next year i don't th did they say when he's dropping next year um no. Uh, of course they didn't. Uh, okay, hold on. When was this released? Okay, so they just... Actually, he just got announced today. Oh, shit. Yeah, so he... His in-game debut on November 30th. Wait, what? Yeah. That soon? Yeah. He is... Yeah, he's going to be debuting on November 30th, um, and he, or there'll be an in-game trailer tomorrow. Oh, shit. Dude, I didn't think we were going to see Spidey until next year. No, they announced it, or they said they were going to release Spidey by the end of this year, when the freaking oh. game came out. Well, well, shit, okay, kudos to you, Square Enix, for keeping your promise. Yeah, they've been Damn, really like good about actually, that. Like, that's actually just, like perfect timing with like no uh no way home coming out. Right? 
Yeah, that is perfect. Yeah, damn, kudos to you, Square Enix. Yeah, um, IGN is going to get their the in-game trailer tomorrow. Shocker, IGN gets it first. Yeah, so super excited for that. I, I, I can't wait to see what his gameplay looks like. Yeah, no, I'm very interested to see how the swinging is going to be. I'm really hoping they take uh, at least some tips from uh, Insomniac's web swinging. Yeah, but I don't know how that's going to translate. Because, yeah, like, it's not think, open world. Like, yeah, it's not, yeah, that's one thing. It's not open world. Um, also, you can't do the triggers because the triggers are are aiming and firing. Damn it. So, like, with Cap, like, you can aim the shield and you can toss the shield. With Spider-Man, I'm pretty sure it's just going to be, like, aiming webs or something. Yeah. So, who I, who knows what web swinging is going to look like. Well, this is going to be interesting. Yeah, so that trailer is going to give us a lot of insight. So, we'll, we'll probably be talking about it next week. <laughs> yeah. So I I told Caleb after I play a Spidey, I'll just mail him my copy so he can enjoy Spidey too. Yeah, I don't even know where the um where the PlayStation Four is. Dude, what the hell? Well, I've been playing on my Xbox. <laughs> Traitor. But the suit that the like, I was afraid that they were going to freaking butcher the suit. And by butcher the suit, I mean make it like all armored, like kind of what they did with everyone else's costumes in this, especially Cap's. Like they ruined Cap's costume. I mean, they didn't do it with both Hawkeyes or or Widow. Okay, well, really? <laughs> well, I'm just saying. You said like all these characters got. Well, okay, wait, no, Widow does get armored at the end. Never mind. Yeah. Okay, so just the two Hawkeyes. Yeah, like, okay, Hawkeye looks good, Kate Bishop looks good, Thor looks questionable, but cool enough. I think what really screwed Thor was the hammer. Like, it doesn't look anything like any of the other, like, renditions of Mjolnir. It looks so wildly different. Seems like it's a little too bulky, doesn't it? Uh, Mjolnir? Yeah. Yeah, it's way bulky. Like, I don't know. Like, I get it. You know, Mjolnir's supposed to be big, but not that big. Yeah, right? I, I All of my issues with, like, the game, and, like, you can hear our breakdown of it from episode 150. <laughs> Costume-wise, I just they just dropped the ball. Like, Iron Man's face looks weird. Yeah. Like, it's just, I don't even know how to explain it. It's, like, too sleek. Did you see, though, that they finally, and, like, I've been so tempted to buy it, but, like, I don't play the game enough. Um, They actually dropped, like, the uh, Iron Man suit from the first Iron Man movie. Did they really? They did, and it looks so good. Ooh. Tempting, but nah. (laughs) I don't know. Iron Man is one of the last characters that I don't have an MCU suit for. Because I bought the Ronin suit, I bought the Black Widow white suit, I freaking bought Cap suit, so the only ones I don't have, I don't really want to buy Endgame's Thor. Nothing against it, just, I don't know. Yeah, um, did, they, did they change his weapon in that? 
I don't think they did. I think he still has Mjolnir. Like the bulky one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he doesn't have Stormbreaker. And then I would have even accepted if they did like normal Mjolnir. Fair. Um, I don't really feel like getting Spandex Hulk. No, Spandex Hulk is garbage. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, But they freaking killed it with Spidey. Um, He kind of has that... Like he kind of has the uh, the MCU lenses, which look pretty good, um, and then it's just classic Spidey. Um, yeah, the, it... the spider on his chest though looks a little weird. It's almost like they would try to go with like a realistic looking spider legs. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, it works. Like, the spider logo is big and prominent, which I really like. It's just maybe the design is just a bit off. But I think the spider is so hard to do or to do something new with. You know what? Fair enough. Like, it's that spider that freaking distinguishes the the costumes in a lot of ways. Like, Tobey Maguire's... Spider is way different than Andrew Garfield's. Andrew Garfield's is wildly different than Tom Holland's. And all of theirs is different from the PS4. Like, it, it's so, I feel it's so difficult to do a, a new Spider. No, no, I absolutely agree. So, I mean, I, I don't hate it. It looks, it looks all right. But it looks super cool. Like, his, his gloves, too, look f- really sick. Um, they kind of have like, I'm assuming it's just on the, the fingers that he has out, like his index, pinky and thumb are covered in like a black, um, I'm assuming it's black. It might be blue just based off of shading, but it looks like it's black, um, fabric with the, the red fabric going around the fingers. Like, around the the back of the fingers. Yeah. So it kind of adds, like, a nice palm effect. But I'm I'm digging it. I'm digging it a lot. Yeah, no, I, I was telling um, Kilbis earlier, me and my buddy JC were discussing this. It's kind of hard to mess up Spidey's costume. Even if you hate it, it still feels like Spider-Man. Um, yeah, it it very much does. Um, sorry, I kind of got distracted with his eyes. Like, are you looking at his picture? Uh, I had it pulled up. There it is. Do you feel they're like too prominent on the mask? No. So, I was just looking at the um the lenses, and the lenses. Maybe it's just the the lighting but it kind of like his um his left eye looks weird almost like it's a almost like it's round inside i i think like you said it's the lighting and maybe just like the positioning of where he is in the photo okay i think maybe t- i think tomorrow since he said we're getting an in-game trailer of him 
we'll be able to get a full uh, look at what it truly looks like. Okay. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll give it benefit of the doubt until tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm interested to see if they show off hit any more costumes. Like of Spidey's or like any? Of or... Spidey's. Oh, okay. Because um, they've done MCU accurate costumes for everyone, including Black Panther. That's, yeah, that's true. So I'll, it'll be cool to see if they go that route, like do a homecoming suit or a far from home suit or no way home. I feel that I, I have a feeling they're probably going to do no way home. Um, just because, uh, Insomniac Spider-Man has already done the homecoming and far from home suits. So I think that they kind of want to be a little different and like get people, draw people into, uh, playing this version of Spidey. Yeah. Um, I have a feeling though, and it may be, but I feel like one, I'm, I, my spider sense is tingling, and I have a feeling that one of the um, the superpowers that you get, or like one of the ultimate powers that you can use, is going to be those um, the freaking spider arms coming out of the back. I don't hate that, but at the same time, that's not really Spider-Man, is it? <laughs> yeah, like it's very suit specific. Yeah. Like, that's one thing that's like kind of getting into the like no way home i i th- I think the stark armor was cool with the the legs and everything they should have stopped <laughs> yeah they I don't know what it is and I mean I don't know I think it looks a little better in the trailer than it did in uh far from home but the the suit I feel looked the greatest in Infinity War. Like the CGI on the suit looked really good in that one, but in Far uh, Far From Home, oh the CGI did not look good on that suit. Like um like Tom Holland's like head looked way too freaking small compared to the actual body of the Iron Spider suit. Yeah, but I'm. I'm not. I'm just not a big fan of the Iron Spider suit in general. Like, I much prefer the the fabric. I suit. do too. And like, seriously, he made the um, uh, he freaking made the Far From Home suit at the end. So why isn't he using that one? He freaking made it. Okay, not made it, but like he was the one that designed it with Stark Tech. Yeah, I. I hope they do better, but. I'm exci- I'm I'm really excited to see the the trailer tomorrow for uh same here. for Spider-Man. Yeah. Same here. Yeah, uh, kind of sticking with the Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, moving on to some more Spidey news. Uh they released uh the official poster uh for Spider-Man No Way Home and it it's simple, but it does have some very good Easter eggs. One it's well. It's just Spidey in kind of like a crouched pose with Doc Ock's arms all going around the whole entire scene. But if you look in the towards the right, all the way in the background, you can actually see Green Goblin flying on his glider. 
Hell yes. So that that basically just proves that it is uh, Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin. It's not like it's not a new design. It's nothing like that. It is the Goblin that we had in the original Spider-Man movie. Hell yeah! Costumed a little bit different though. Oh, I didn't like, pick up on that. Slightly different. Um, at least what if the uh, you if the if the leaked images are to be believed, he actually has like a scarf. Oh yeah, I've seen. Isn't it purple? Yeah, it's like a purple scarf, and then he has like a satchel and and stuff now, or not a satchel, like a harness. See, I can appreciate like those additions because it's making him more comic book accurate. Yeah, even in its own little way. Yeah. Like I think the Green Goblin suit concept in general is a little difficult to to bring into live action. So I I feel I feel like um, Sam Raimi did the best job that he could adapting the Green Goblin for big screen. I agree. I know, like everyone says, oh my god, he looks like a Green Power Ranger. I don't care. I'm actually okay with that. I still love the Green Goblin suit. Yeah, like how else do you do that though? <laughs> yeah, it's hard. Like, and I've it seen so the concepts. Goblin. Like, I, I, I've seen the concepts that they were playing with on that. The their damn um. The freaking mouth. Uh, or, what am I saying? No, like, one of the original concepts they were doing, they were going to do an animatronic face for the oh, Green Goblin. No. And it looked so funky. I'm like, that wouldn't have worked at all. Especially yeah. with how, like, grounded um, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man felt. Yeah, and then... True. Yeah, and so they were playing with, like, a bunch of different ideas. The only thing that I feel that they could have done is maybe... Actually, that probably would have looked stupid, too. I was going to say, like, just take off the mouthpiece. So it's just Willem Dafoe's mouth. But, like, you could still, like, paint it green or something. But, yeah, that would have looked dumb. (laughs) I feel... For how much the the mask kind of like sticks out, yeah, I don't know if that would have worked. Yeah, or maybe just make it a little bit more flush with his face then, so it didn't, it wouldn't have felt like so bulky or like like you said, Power Ranger esque. But I think that would have looked dumb too. So, I mean, I'd be interested to see it in action. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I just want to see the helmet. Yeah, you and me both. I'm just, I'm just so happy to see my two favorite Spider-Man villains of all time back on the big screen again. This makes me so freaking happy, right, dude? I'm gonna be pissed off if Doc Ock doesn't have a very significant role in this movie. <laughs> I thought um, they confirmed that he's like the main baddie of the movie. Ah, good. I was gonna say this. This. If they're gonna like tease all of these other villains, like that's gonna be such bullshit. Like, oh, considering Doc Ock um, is only gonna be in like this much of it. I'm like, eh. I'm considering like how early on Alfred Molina, Molina, sorry, uh, said that he was playing Doc Ock again. 
and like how much they've just been hyping up his role, I honestly would be very shocked if he wasn't a very prominent role. I, I'm pretty sure Tom Holland said, or I don't know where I heard it from, but yeah, he is the he is the main villain of this movie. Good. Freaking good. <laughs> There's been a lot of shit coming from him lately. Like just talking like one of the biggest things is he's talking about the uh relationship that he has with um Doctor Strange now. And he says they don't really become enemies, but they're not really friends at the end. Oh shit. And I'm okay. like, Oh damn. Yeah. There's gonna be some tension. <laughs> Seriously. But I've heard so much freaking stuff about the the second trailer. Or yeah, like really the, the much rumored. What I've heard is what's keeping them from posting it. And I don't know if this is true because I don't believe I literally don't believe. Anything Dude, we I don't know if there. any of this shit is true. We don't. I'm, I'm not even 100 percent convinced this is the official poster. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, we're so yeah, he's so right. But apparently the reason why they keep they are holding. There's two reasons why they're holding back the second trailer. One is Kevin Feige and Sony can't decide when they want to showcase uh sorry they can decide uh if they want to showcase that Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire are in this movie in the trailer oh my gosh just do it already and the second one which i feel is more uh more what's the word Li- not liable um more likely is the, the fact that and this actually has been proven that the Sony v- uh VFX team is on such a time crunch with this film. They're working seven days a week just to get the special effects done to make the December 17th release that they don't have time to put the finishing touches on a second trailer. They don't have time to do that shit. That I'm calling bullshit on. I don't know for how much... Like so the visual set... effects studios are the ones that put the trailers together? I thought they send their footage to like a, a marketing team. Uh, well, I mean, like, the actual, like, no, they do, but I mean, like, the actual, like, uh, like, effects in the trailer. Like, the special effects. Like, you know, like, Doc Ock's arms, like, Green Goblin on his glider. Apparently, they haven't been, what they want them to do with the trailer, they haven't been able to finish those special effects yet. And they're kind of just like, well, you want us to finish this movie by December 17th, but you also still want us to do these effects for the trailer. You guys kind of got to work with us here that's why i think a lot of the stuff we've seen in the trailer is bullshit yeah yeah because they you have to think with infinity war we got teased that there was going to be like an avenger style like charging scene that we didn't get with the hulk that's yeah that's true so they had to freaking render a a movie quality scene that wasn't even in the freaking movie Okay, if that's the case, I'm going to be pissed if Doc Ock doesn't come out of a cloud of smoke and say, hello, Peter. Yeah. I'm going to be freaking pissed if that scene's not in the movie. Dude, it's just... Be- it's it's the one thing that I don't like about Marvel with these like big pictures. Like, I hate the secrecy. Yeah. Like, what I love about... One of the biggest things I, I loved... Was with um, the Suicide Squad. I loved how involved I felt in that. 
like James Gunn was posting behind the scenes pictures like every other week. Like, hey, check out this person's costume. Hey, check out this person's costume. Check out this behind the scene clip. Like, it felt so good to like feel like I was a part of the process, and I still enjoyed the hell out of the movie, even though like I, it like satisfied me enough to not look so far into like what's going to happen in this movie. I'm like, I don't yeah. even care. Like, I've, I get these little sn- snippets from the, the director himself. Like, they're hi- I think Marvel is just making the biggest mistake of letting everyone get so hyped up over something that may or may not be true. Like, just clue us in to some of the behind-the-scenes stuff. Like, um, you know, uh, Kit Harrington, who plays a Dane in uh, Eternals. Yeah, yeah, he came out and said, um, he w- when he first signed on to be in Eternals, he was very shocked to hear, or like, he was just very shocked to actually like witness firsthand how much actors are sworn to secrecy with Marvel movies compared to uh how it was with uh Warner Brothers and uh. Oh my gosh, Game of Thrones. He said it's completely different. Yeah, apparently they have a freaking system in place where you don't even get the script until the day before. Yeah, like um kind of going off of that freaking with uh the scene in Endgame, uh when it's Tony Stark's funeral, they were told before they started filming, "Oh, it's a it's a wedding." Dude, it's just like with okay, with Endgame, I get it. With Spider-Man, like, come on. This is the birth of a new phase of the MCU. Or, like, a a, a key moment in it. Like, what, what could you possibly spoil? Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Like, I'm going to have, like, I'm going to be more pissed off about spoilers later down the line. Yeah. I, yeah, I can definitely agree with that. Yeah, but, like, right now, it's, like, get me excited for this. I'm not, like, it's so hard to to want to get excited about this because you're just, like, oh, Marvel's freaking got a sniper on everyone. Like, that's going <laughs> to... No, no, <laughs> you're gonna absolutely even, right. That's going to kind of spoil it. I mean, I, like, with... I don't know, like, with... It, it's weird, because with all of the Phase 4 Marvel movies, I've been, like, different types of hyped. Like, Black Widow, I was super hyped, because, you know, Black Widow was finally getting a solo movie. I was freaking over the moon. I was so excited. Shang-Chi, you know, I, I was kind of on the fence. Um, I didn't really know what to expect. I knew nothing about the character, and I felt like they weren't giving me a lot of the story in the trailer, so I really didn't know what to expect. And I end up, ended up loving it. Uh, the Eternals, which I'm not going to say anything yet because that's what we're reviewing this episode. <laughs> um, I've been hyped from for that since the freaking first trailer. Um, th- honestly, if I'm being honest, Eternals was my most uh, hyped Phase Four uh, Phase Four movie this year. Um, but then with Spider-Man uh, No Way Home. Um, I feel that was just kind of like a brainer that like no brainer that once freaking they announced that Doc Ock was going to be in it. Um, and especially in the trailer, uh, you see freaking green goblins, pumpkin bomb flying out of one of the portals or not portal. I'm sorry. You see it being thrown out of a cloud of dust. 
um, I was already sold just by that moment alone. But I absolutely agree with Caleb that they're really not giving us a lot to work with. They're really still trying to keep it as secret as they can when this really isn't like an Avengers Endgame kind of situation where it's just like, oh yeah, don't spoil literally anything because we want everything to be able to be seen in the actual film. If you spoil a couple of things, little things in Spider-Man No Way Home, I'm not going to be mad because for how many freaking leaks that these uh, has been leaked for this movie, I don't even know what to freaking believe. So honestly, probably whatever you release Marvel, I probably won't even freaking believe until I actually see the damn movie. Yeah, that, that's that's what I hated about the marketing for Infinity War. Like, they made it seem like Hulk was going to be such a big part of the movie. He wasn't even in it. Yeah. Yeah, what, like, less than five minutes of screen time? Yeah. The rest was all banner. Yeah, and then it's like this movie, like, it's so hard to get excited because at a certain point, you're just like, okay, do I believe what I'm seeing? Because now it becomes a theory of, like, oh, what are we going to see with this? What are we going to see with that? And I get it. You Like, I understand, like, hiding maybe end credit scenes. Or, like, big twists or plots or whatever. But for a majority of it, it's just it's just ridiculous overkill. Yeah. I feel bad, though, with Marvel, with uh, the end credit scene to Eternals. Because just for one, the one reason that when this first premiered, when it had to premiere, they didn't even attach the end credit scene or the credits. Literally, after the final shot, movie was over. No credits whatsoever because they didn't want to take any chances. Um, but yet somehow, um, I think even before the movie like actually had its like worldwide premiere, the um, f- <laughs> freaking end credit scene still got leaked. Like, yeah, it's like, okay, who cares at that point? It's so early on. Like, I understand how, like doing, like you said, with Avengers level stuff big team-up movies like multiverse of madness i have no idea what to expect for that movie yeah and it's like it's the same with this like i have an idea of what we can expect like we can expect doc ock we can expect green goblin we can expect these other people and then it's like you you're gonna like tease us with all this stuff just freaking release a poster with all three of them already yeah, dude, like, straight up. Like, it pisses me off. It's just like, okay, like, <laughs> like we get it. Like, come on. Like, just give us the... It, it's it's aggravating. It is honestly so aggravating. Like, and it's because I feel like everyone, th- like, throws a big old fit about, like, oh, how secretive or how in the dark everyone is it becomes like more intriguing on getting that behind the scenes info or those leaks or whatever like if you have the attitude that like warner brothers had with james gunn's suicide squad he was just posting whatever the hell he wanted he's just like oh we're filming this we're filming that and we didn't know what to expect with a lot of the movie still yeah i mean i don't 
Spider-Man, like I some I somewhat get it, but I at the same time I don't. I feel with the Suicide Squad, they really just wanted to try to get as much um press about that film because the fir- the original was hated so much, so they wanted to showcase like, "Hey, we promise this one is in actual good hands. We really think you're going to like this one." Whereas with Spider-Man No Way Home, it's directed by the same director that directed Homecoming and Far From Home. You're bringing in all of these previous actors that have played these characters before. So this is already established. Everyone's like, no matter if like no one's no matter if one person never saw the trailer or the poster, if you just told them, hey, you know, you want to see the new Spider-Man film? It has Doc Ock and Green Goblin coming back. Be sold. I wouldn't need to see the poster or trailer. Um, so I think, like, I get it with Spider-Man for why you want to keep it so secret. But, like, can you just give us... Like, like I don't know what to expect from this movie. I don't know what to look forward to. Like, you got, I, I need to kind of understand what the story is going to be. And they kind of did that in the first trailer. But still, I don't know what exactly the story is going to be when I see this on opening night. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's good, but it's like that. I think they're just playing so hard into the oh, everyone's just going to go see this. Like, they're just, they're banking on that so freaking hard. Whereas other movies, they need to kind of give away a lot of the plot or a lot of the story idea to sell people on the idea of the movie. And so I think Marvel's just like, oh, well, these bastards are going to see Spider-Man and just come a-running. Are they Which wrong, is absolutely though? true, but <laughs> it's like, are they wrong though? <laughs> yeah. Um, so it, I don't know. I, I I just like feeling involved. No, I agree. And like you know, I, I'm sure people would say, "Well, you guys are just like you know being compl- you're just complaining about Marvel. You just uh you you're you're too spoiled by other stuff." And no, that's not the case. We just want to actually know what we're going to be walking into. We don't want anything spoiled, but we we just actually want to understand the story that is going to be told to us and not be in the complete dark with it. Yeah, and it's just like, even if someone spoiled the entire freaking movie for me, I'm still going to go see it. Fair. I'll admit, though, with Eternals, if someone would have spoiled like certain aspects about it, I would have been so freaking pissed. And we'll get to it. Okay. Fair, but yeah, we'll get into it. <laughs> um, but I don't know. Like, I probably would like how feel hard, the same way like how Spider-Man. hard would it be to keep that a secret though? Like if you were to just, I'm I'm trying really hard not to to spoil anything Eternals. Okay, if. For those of you that have seen Eternals, I'm going to try really hard not to give anything away. But you guys will know what I'm talking about. If they would have just taken like some still shots of the behind the scenes or whatever of everything that happened, I still would have not been able to guess 
what went down. I would agree, um, because there, I can't really. See. How do you not spoil this? I think yeah, it's going to be I, too difficult. We just like not. <laughs> yeah, I'll yeah I'll save it for the review. Yeah, but it's just like little things. Like okay, if there's a a, a big twist that you're wanting to keep from us, like yeah, keep that away from us. Like we don't want to know that. Biggest twist: Green Goblin is Doc Ock, and Doc Ock is actually Green Goblin. <laughs> Biggest twist ever. Yeah, it's like those big twists. Yes, absolutely. Keep those hidden from us. But no one's going to like know what that shit is from behind the scenes pictures. Yeah. Like we can guess all freaking day long, but it's like I would just strategically release information. Like oh, people are start like I just pay attention to social media and be like, "Oh, um, there's a lot of buzz catching up or getting behind this plot twist. Better release something else to basically distract, like dangle some shiny keys in front of their faces, so they're like, oh, "What's that?" No, that that's a good point. Like, um, kind of going um off Marvel into Ghostbusters, like they actually released um I think like the final trailer that actually has the original guys in it. Um, I didn't watch it and I don't plan to because I don't want that to be spoiled yet for me. I want to actually see that in the movie, but for those that still aren't yet sold for this on Ghostbusters Afterlife and actually want to see the original three, rest in peace, Harold Ramis, um, before, like see the actual original three back together again before they see the movie and that's what sells them. That's freaking great. Kudos to them for that the kudos for them kudos to them for deciding that oh that could be a push point for some people to actually go see this movie yeah have you seen the final trailer for ghostbusters afterlife i have and it's not like you don't see faces or anything like you seriously just see someone step into screen oh okay which if spoilers are to be believed about Spider-Man Far from, or No Way Home, that is exactly what happens with uh, the, the trailer? second trailer. Oh. They do not Wait. show faces, but Doctor Strange apparently... Like, it's so hard because, like, you don't want to spoil anything, but you don't want to, like... You don't know what to believe. But someone posted this thing about what basically describing the entirety of the second trailer and they said at the very end of the trailer dr strange turns to peter and says hey we're going to need some extra hands or some extra help and then from like a dark room two people walk in (laughs) and i'm like Hmm. really that's dumb just confirm it already you assholes and honestly, shouldn't they be like not like just walking out of a dark room? Shouldn't they? And shouldn't they like make it more like bigger than that? Like they like both jump out of portals. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like if you are actually bringing back Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, you got to make a freaking big deal out of it. Because if that is the case, that is a really big freaking deal to have three Spider-Man 
on this on the same freaking screen together. Okay, but this is the way that I imagine the scene playing out if that's what they do. Like if this is my description of what the it would be like in the movie. Okay. I would say Peter is getting his Tom Holland is yeah, I was going to say which Peter. <laughs> <laughs> we got Peter A, B and C. Yeah. So my my the way that I I see it going in my mind, if that's the way that they do the reveal, is Tom Holland is getting his ass handed to him by all these villains. Goes to Doctor Strange for help, and he and he's like, or he pulls this whole like, okay, yeah, we need some some extra hands on deck, um, and then like. And then, like from like a, a back room that's like all dark, <laughs> you you start you hear footsteps, and then Pete, and then Tom Holland turns around, looks at the doorway, and then you see Tobey Maguire walking out like the from in the center of this like dark hallway, unmasked in his full in his full Spider Man suit, and then you see our Andrew Garfield like kind of. W- come out from behind him and off to the side a little bit that's what i imagined that scene looking like and i'm like that would be dope <laughs> okay yeah that would be pretty dope uh... like i think it would just feel too much like Endgame, where spider-man comes like swinging out and like superhero pose and and all that like all all well and well and good like i mean freaking nerd boner for days but (laughs) (laughs) days freaking weeks (laughs) for Vic it would be months um for months (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding Vic I love you they need to have like a warning at the the end of Marvel movies like if you have an erection for longer than four days you're welcome Can you say promo <laughs> audio? <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> that was amazing. Oh, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, anyway, you got anything else you want to say about Spider-Man No Way Home? <laughs> nope. Cause I I'm feel just sick of... That's the perfect, perfect way thing to, to leave on. Yep. Yeah. No, I'm good. I'm okay, excited. Cool. I'm excited to see what more they do. If they actually give us any more, we'll see. Yeah. Um. This is total like side note, but you remember what they did with the Amazing Spider-Man, um, Amazing Spider-Man Two, like those posters, like how there were three posters they released. And you could, like, put them all together to make one image. Oh, yeah, dude, that was so badass. That's what someone thinks that they're going to do with this poster. Ooh, okay. I mean, I I would love to see that. I don't know if that's the route that they're going to go, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think it'd be cool. 
That would be super cool. Total side note. (laughs) No, dude, that's super cool. I love it when studios do that. Right? Um, well, that's all we got with Through the Wall. Um, so what do you say we move into our uh, headliner, Caleb? I say let's do it. So for this week's All Bros headliner, we'll be breaking down uh, Marvel M- Wow, Marvel's newest film, uh, Eternals, starring a shit ton of people. Oh yeah, That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> um, but before we actually get into our thoughts of the film, Caleb, would you like to share how we break down films on this podcast? Did I just say, say potty cast? <laughs> yeah. What the hell? What was wrong with me? Yeah. Um, Never saying that again. Yeah. So if you are new to our breakdown system, we have split movies into eight different categories that we individually score to come to a final All Bros letter grade. Um, the eight categories that we score are story, writing, acting, character development, effects, music, costumes, and then we give it our own personal grade at the very end. All of that magic gets added up together and gives us a percentage and a, and a letter grade for the movie. Um, so, if you have not seen this movie, yeah. spoiler alert ahead, like, massive spoiler alert, um, Rose is about to spoil the entire yeah. freaking movie for you. In our favorite segment, we like to call There's No Turning Back in 10 Seconds. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You know what? Sam approached me at, at work about the whole reading with uh, Ro- Rose and like how bad I was with Dune. And I'm just like, hey, Caleb straight up said that he couldn't do any better. So you got to. Yeah, those names were stuff. hard. those names were super hard (laughs) i mean not Um, like the names names because like we had what freaking um johnny idaho or something like duncan idaho and paul but like all the last names in the planet names were freaking difficult yeah but yet i can easily uh uh, pronounce the eternals names (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they're not that difficult to name. They're not. But, alright. So, in 5000 BC, ten super-powered Eternals, Ajax, Circe, Icarus, Kingo, Sprite, Fastos, Makari, Druig, Gilgamesh, and Thena are sent by the Celestial Arishim to Earth to exterminate the invasive Deviants. Over the millennia, they protect humanity from the Deviants, but are not allowed to interfere in human affairs. They kill the last of the Deviants in 1521, and the group's opinions differ about their continued responsibilities and their relationship with human humankind. Over the next 500 years, they mostly live apart from each other, awaiting Arsham's return. 
In the present day, Circe and Sprite live together in London. After Circe was left by her partner Icarus over 500 years earlier, she now has a relationship with human Dane Whitman, who works at the National History... Natural... Wow. Natural... That's the word that I screw up? (laughs) (laughs) Works at the Natural History Museum. The trio is attacked by the deviant crow, with Icarus arriving and chasing the creature away. Realizing the deviants have returned, they prepare to reunite with the remaining Eternals. They traveled to South Dakota only to find that Ajak, their leader, had been killed by Crow, gaining her healing abilities as a result. Cersei is posthumously God, that's a hard word. Chosen by Ajak as her successor, granting her the ability to communicate with Arisham, who reveals that the mission of the Eternals was not to fight the Deviants, but to prepare Earth for the emergence. Arisham explains that for millions of years, the Celestials have been planting their seeds on populated planets for new Celestials to be born, with the Deviants sent by them to destroy the apex predators of each planet to ensure the development of life. However, when the Deviants evolved and began hunting the planet's native populations, the Celestials created the Eternals to cull them. With the reversal of the blip, Earth has reached the necessary population for the birth of the Celestial Tiamat, which will result in the Earth's destruction. Having learned to love humanity, the Eternals reassemble and decide to prevent the emergence. They reconvene with Kingo, Thena, and Gilgamesh before heading to Druig's residence in the Amazon rainforest, where they are attacked by Crow and Deviants. Crow kills and feeds on Gilgamesh, gaining a fully humanoid form and the ability to speak before fleeing. After creating Gilgamesh, they visit Fastos, who proposes who proposes for Druig to put Tiamat to sleep using his mind control powers. Uh, amplified by the Unimind, a connection between all the Eternals. Icarus reveals he was informed of the emergence by Ajax centuries before and fettered to the Deviants six days prior to prevent her from stopping it. He flees along with Sprite, who is in love with Icarus, but feels he'll never love her due to her internal childlike form. Kingo also leaves the group as he does not wish to face Arisham, Icarus, or Sprite. After Makari locates the place of the emergence, the foot of an active volcano in the Indian Ocean, the Eternals battle Icarus and Sprite before being attacked by Crow, who is killed by Thena. Druig knocks out Sprite after she attempts to kill Circe, and the remaining Eternals work together to subdue Icarus while Fastos activates the Unimind. Icarus breaks free of his restraints and approaches Circe to kill her, but finds himself unable to do to his unable due to his love for her. Cersei uses her matter transmutation abilities to turn Tiamat to marble. Guilt-ridden, Icarus flies into the sun. Cersei then uses the remainder of the energy from the Unimind to turn Sprite into a human, ending her immortality. Thena, Druig, and Makari depart on their spaceship, the Domo, to find other Eternals, while Cersei, Fastos, Kingo, and Sprite remain on Earth. Dane professes his love for Cersei and is about to reveal a secret about his family history when she, along with Fastos and Kingo, are remotely dragged into space by Arsham in full view of all of the people of Earth. Arsham states that he is displeased with their treason, but elects to spare humanity if the Eternals' memories show that, show that humans are worthy of living. 
He vows to return for judgment before disappearing into a singularity, taking them with him. In a mid-credit scene, Thena, Makari, and Druig are visited by the Eternal. Eros, is that how you say his name? Eros? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Thanos' brother and his assistant, Pip the Troll, who offer their help. In a post credit scene, Dane opens an old chest inherited from his ancestors that contains the legendary Ebony Blade when an unseen person questions him whether he is ready for it. Hell yeah. So, I, ju- I know I did this with the Suicide Squad, but why is it every single time I have a favorite fucking character, they have to die? <laughs> It's every single time. Every time. First it was Captain Boomerang. But you know what? I'll give this to Gilgamesh. He made it longer than the first freaking ten minutes. But That is very true. (laughs) What the hell? Like, I don't get it. Does Are my characters really that badly chosen? Apparently. Because I thought Don Lee did an amazing job as Gilgamesh. Dude, he did an amazing job. But apparently it wasn't good enough. Because, yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, we'll get to this with the acting, but I just want to bring up one more thing. I I was not expecting freaking Salma Hayek's Ajax to just freaking bite the dust that fast. Yep. That That was a huge shocker for me. Oh, yeah. Dude, this was a freaking um, but yeah. amazing. Like, I was expecting something like... I was expecting garbage, to be honest. Like, I went into it expecting garbage. I w- I'm like, okay. Like, I See, had my so, hopes. I had my hopes. I'm like, okay. I really, really hope this yeah. is good. But I, w- I went in expecting garbage. And this was an incredible movie. It was, um, like, I think the best way to explain why this movie is getting so much crap, even though the audience score, as far as the last I checked it on Rotten Tomatoes, is it, it's at an 80%, whereas the actual critic score is at a 47%. Screw you guys. Um, <laughs> um, but what I've been told is this movie is very different from any other Marvel movie that we've got in the fact that it goes against the Marvel movie formula. It is nothing like how Shang-Chi is portrayed. That is Marvel movie formula to a T. And it works very well for it. And I think that's I think why so many Shang-Chi, people... though, they were able to make it different enough and with such Fair. an interesting character that we don't know anything about. Like, I think it was super easy with, like, Iron Man and Captain America to tell us a story in that formulaic way, but we all kind of knew how the movie was going to end. No, no, yeah, no, that's very true. Um, and, like, honestly, yeah, no, no, I absolutely agree with you. Whereas with uh, the Eter- with uh, I almost called it the Eternals, it's just Eternals, um, you're basically, uh, it's, it's not like the Avengers where it's um, a team that uh, hasn't been assembled yet and they're working through assembling them through a bunch of movies. This is a team that was assembled at first but then was told to disassemble, and now they have to assemble again. Yeah, and I think that worked out really well. Because like, they, they they were t- all together, and then 
like had this already like familial bond between them. Oh yeah. And so when they separated, it was like there was like some heartbreak to it. And then Dude, just some yeah. like I I loved that shit. Um. Yeah. So it it was really good, and I think another big issue that people were like or not issues a fit people were throwing over this movie was oh a lot of these characters get sidelined and i'm like yeah but they they have to yeah you got freaking 10 main eternals that you have to give you have to spread two two hours and 30 minutes to not all of them are going to get the exact same screen time yeah exactly like you it's have literally the same as it is how it is in the Avengers films. Yeah, dude. When they were going in and and trying to like get everyone, like get the gang back together, and I, I forget at which point, like who was all there. Oh, it was like right after they got Druig, and I'm just like, all right, like that seems like everyone, and they're like, all right, let's go get the others, and I'm like, the others, <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah, there's like a bunch of them <laughs> wasn't it just well no, wait after that wasn't it just mercari uh after druig it was mercari and fastus that okay yeah that's yeah that's who was left yeah like they had everyone else so i was just like what the hell <laughs> honestly i honestly was very sad that they didn't get to have a full family reunion yeah but it, you can definitely tell it added really stakes to the, each other. i think it, it really added did. stakes it really did. I mean, because you can definitely tell that they did love each other up until they, uh, freaking Drug was just like, yeah, I'm starting to, well, I mean, I don't know if all of them were starting to question Ajak, but Drug was the one that, like, really came up and said, uh, with, like, because um, in this scene before they split off, basically, Ajak is telling Thena, hey, because you're having these, oh gosh, what were they called? mind something oh i i have no idea it was, it was like something that it would mess with her mind that like she would basically turn into like a not like a a zombie but basically she would turn against everybody and basically just try to kill them and she almost does especially mercari she really almost kills mercari in this scene um but basically ajak is just like hey we need to wipe your memory um and you know uh Basically, you'll be reborn again, and uh, freaking Druig is just like, okay, wait a minute. You're asking her to basically just do away with all that she knows and just start fresh. Don't you think that she deserves a say in that? Yeah. Like, I thought that was so good. It really was. And you know what's funny is uh, I actually thought I was going to hate the character of Druig. He actually became one of my favorites. Dude, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I really thought I was going to hate him. Like, we'll get into this, but his his costume was sick. It was. I don't know how he walked in it, though, because that shit went down to his shoes. <laughs> yeah, straight up. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just loved, like, everything that they did. Like, all of the main focus of the story was was Cersei and I feel Icarus to a point. Yeah, it was like it's those were those the, two. Yeah, that was the main focus with like a, a very side focus on on Sprite, Thena, 
and I'd say, well, actually, just Sprite and Sprite, Thena, and um, Gilgamesh. Like I think they were like very much like sidelined, and then there was like that C story where it was like all the other ones, um, yeah, Kingo, Fastus, Makari, uh, Maca. I already said Makari, uh, Druig, uh, yeah, and Druig. Like, and I, I loved that. Like, I love multiple layers of storytelling, especially when it comes to big casts like this. Yeah, no, I, uh, yeah, I absolutely agree. And so the way that they were able to pull that off and make the story or the overall story, like, not feel so convoluted, like, was really, really nice. Like, I loved how Cersei was just able to build that confidence within herself to basically turn it in a, a celestial into marble. That was so freaking cool. Oh my gosh. I, I, dude, I'm going to be freaking just pining over this movie in effects. Um, dude, same, same. Like I am a sucker for a lot of the effects that they did in this movie. Where, like, the giant ones. Like, I love... I don't know what it is. I love giant. Giant things. Like, one of my favorite things is... um, uh, God of War. The... When they discover the world serpent. It's like this big-ass freaking snake that comes up. And he's, like, wrapped around the mountains. And he's, like, becomes super tall. And, like, he becomes oh, almost, no. like, out of view of the world. And I'm like, oh, that's freaking... Great, and so they did that so much with this one, especially when they went to go um, visit Arishem. Like any time they Ar- went to talk to Arishem. him, Arishem. Well, I, okay, you know, actually, it might be the way that they're saying it with the accent. So it actually probably is Arishem. Yeah, like Sorry. the way that, and no, you're fine. Like when they went to go talk to that celestial, I think it was just not being able to see his full body. <laughs> was terrifying and i'm like this is freaking great and then at the very end when he comes to earth and he he was like a shit ton far away from earth (laughs) yeah (laughs) i was like holy like this is oh my gosh If, if they do something even half as cool as that for galactus when they eventually get to him I'm going to shit my pants, because that's going to be so cool. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Like, I love stuff like that. I absolutely love stuff like that. Um, Anyway, yeah, I'll get... Like I said, I'll get into that with with effects, but... Yeah, they're like Cersei's and Icarus' story, where it was just kind of like, more or less a love triangle... It didn't feel as much as a of a love triangle as I thought it was. Like, yeah, it's Kit just Harrington because Dane wasn't, wasn't in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Kit, yeah. Kit Harrington wasn't in this movie as much as I thought he was going to be. Yeah, I think that they they could have pulled it a little bit better had he suited up with the uh, the Eternals. That'd been super dope. Yeah, like just make him feel a little bit bigger. Like he kind of felt like a a joke. <laughs> a little bit. Like not, I mean, he not has one of so the... much that it was distracting to the movie, but anytime that they like 
interacted with him or like Cersei got calls from him a couple times and she, like would hang up. I'm like, oh yeah, he's here. <laughs> yeah, because like yeah, speaking of that, like when they're in the camps, uh, Cersei, uh, when she's losing connection, she's just like, Dane, you're breaking up, and Icarus just comes in. He's like, oh, you guys broke up. I'm like, <laughs> so Icarus funny. was kind of a douche. <laughs> he was, but freaking oh, I forget who plays him. Didn't uh, Richard Madden? Yeah, God, he plays Dick very well. Dude, he he did an oh, we'll get into we'll get it with acting. That, yeah, with acting. Um, oh, what was I gonna say? Dude, I loved how everyone seemed to like big throw a big old fit against Fastus and his like his um his uh, marriage. I mean, I don't know if they were married. I'm assuming so. I think they were, because yeah. he does say husband. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, his um, yeah, how he has a husband, and apparently, like, there's a bunch of people throwing a fit over that. And I'm like, that was also just such a small part of the movie. Like, I mean, chill. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? I appreciate that scene so much. Um, that we get uh LGBTQ uh, representation in a Marvel movie. That's freaking great. It's very sad that it's getting banned in some countries because of it. <sighs> Such bullshit. But um, I. Not trying to get you know like into that kind of thing, but I do I do hope this is a step forward into getting more of the this kind of situations, um, but her storylines whatever, um, but getting into um, you know uh the rest of the story, um, what else should we t- what else to touch upon, um, how did did you feel like the deviants were like an actual like good main villain of the film? that's an interesting one because we were we were played just as much as the eternals were thinking that the deviants were the problem yeah i was not expecting the whole um freaking them finding out that uh basically um freaking oh god what did that the Deviants and the Eternals are basically made from the same cloth. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. Who was it? Was it, um, oh God, Kingo that said, so we're basically, ro- did he say robots? Yeah. Yeah. Um, did Which, you, hell, that um, was freaking terrifying. Yeah. That freaking, vi- like, uh, that visualization and that's going into effects too. Um, yeah. Like, in a good way, I could have done with that because that was very creepy. I got freaking um, iRobot kind of vibes from that yeah, show. Yeah, for real. Um, Yeah, I loved, like, everything that they were able to bring into this. Like, they brought in a lot of heart, too, with this. Especially when it came to Kingo and, what was his name, Karoon. Oh my gosh, I love yes. Karoon. Oh my god. Like he oh. so Karoon is kind of is um is Kingo's assistant more or less. <laughs> it just kind of like helps him do different things and it was so funny watching them interact and he's just like, yeah, he's he's kind of uh in servitude of me because he 
<laughs> he tried stabbing, or he thought I was a vampire and tried stabbing me in the heart with a wooden spike. And Gru's <laughs> just like, I apologized for that. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, but not enough. Dude, the fact that um, uh, when they're on the plane and um, Sprite is just like, so how were you able to hide that you don't age within these like hundred years? He's just like, well, well I am like part of like the greatest uh, freaking generation in Bollywood history. That's my great granddad. That's my great granddad. That's that's my that's my that's my dad. And then that's me. <laughs> yeah, you never just, really just think little of, disguises like, issues. <laughs> Yeah, just little disguises was able to... Because fl- it didn't really look like he gave that much effort into those disguises. Yeah. Um, but I guess the, that goes a long way. Yeah, no joke. Um, yeah, I think they did such a good, good what job did you, with, um... with this story. Like, it was so intriguing. Like, it, it was, like to tell you guys just how good it was, like... <laughs> remembering that we actually graded this thing um we gave the story a 93 hell yeah yeah it was incredible like it was Did it i think there were, were definitely times where i think it could have been paced a bit better that's that's fair. I mean, honestly, I was actually I thought that um, with it being the second longest Marvel movie that I felt like it was going to drag in some parts. To me, it never dragged, actually. Yeah, it was like very action packed. And then even the stuff that wasn't too action driven um, did a really good job at like keeping your attention, like throwing in humor and stuff. And so it like made you want to pay attention yeah no i agree um like i feel that this um like a lot of the action it feels is at the beginning and more so towards the end there isn't a lot of action in the middle kind of yeah i mean there there is but you know at the same time there isn't but at least for me because you get um so connected with these characters like right off the bat you really want to see where all of all ten eternals evolve um, when it comes to like the slow parts, the intimate parts, um, just these characters talking to each other, um, like honestly, uh, for how much I loved these characters, I could have taken a whole movie just with that. Um, because I think that, um, God, who's the director of this movie? Uh, isn't it like Chloe Zhao? Yeah. Chloe Zhao. I think she did a great job establishing all 10 of these Eternals and um like i said i could have seen a movie just with them just talking to each other i actually would have been down for that because i really loved all of these characters that much yeah same here like they were ju- they were so so freaking good um even though they had a storyline that i feel ultimately kind of went nowhere with the um uh, the deviants, like that's, it, that's it, fair. It technically went nowhere, but it also wasn't the main focus of it. Like we, it was they. It was kind of the red herring. The deviants were the red herring. Like yeah. we thought that the deviants were the problem, but 
as it turns out, it was it's the celestial. It was Erishim. That's that was the problem, yeah. and the deviants were just kind of a byproduct of the celestials' tomfoolery. <laughs> How did you um, feel about uh, Icarus being the one that wanted to stop the emergence? <laughs> oh my gosh, dude! Could you say greatest reveal? D- yeah, I did not see that coming. <laughs> It's, there's a lot where I'm like, okay, something shady about this dude, like something super shady. I never felt that. (laughs) Not even a little bit. (laughs) I was just like, so like, oh, this dude's like, basically just cut and dry, does whatever the leader says. So like, sure, he's going to do whatever Cersei wants him to. And then once it was revealed that he killed Ajax, I'm like, (gasps) no. Yeah. But I feel also they I feel like that was it was something that was like I didn't like think about when the movie was going on until it got to the scene in the trailer where Ajax was like the emergence is coming. We have six days or we have like seven days. And so when when it cut to and it's like six days ago, I'm like, wait, wait, does that mean he knew? (laughs) Yeah. And then that's when I, like, a friggin' <gasps> Yeah, no, because that was, like, the same way when it started, like, getting t- kind of towards the middle of the movie. I'm like, wait, in the movie, Ajax is talking to um, Icarus about, like, you know, the whole thing in the research. Wow, not the resurgence. The, um, and I just said. Uh, emergence. Word. Emergence, thank you. Um, but yet she's already dead. So was that just like a freaking lie in the trailer? Did they pull? That's a, what I thought too. That is exactly what I thought. I'm like, great, we us? got. Yeah, I'm like, great. Like that's that's like something that pisses me off about like getting back into it. That pisses me off about Marvel. I'm like, I saw saw that scene. I'm like, okay, I guess we're just going to completely ignore Ajax warning Icarus about the the emergence. Yeah. Like whatever the hell that is, and then once they like that scene started coming in, I'm like. <gasps> <laughs> shit like oh my gosh like dude and i have like the best intentions i'm like okay no way like icarus would have like like maybe he forgot like she has the ability to wipe minds like or has like some like access to that ability in some way like maybe she just wiped his mind like maybe he did this maybe he did that and (laughs) like maybe she swore him to secrecy and no like I'm like, <gasps> like and honestly, I feel he freaking did it in such a gruesome way, just freaking like pushing her off the cliff. Oh my gosh! Right? I mean, she lands on her feet, but then you know she's she's eat, uh, the deviant's uh, killer. Yeah. Um. Dude, one thing that threw me off like no man's business. Um. In the credits, I thought Bill Skarsgård was Eros. I didn't realize he was the Deviant. I didn't realize. I kept wondering who Bill Skarsgård played. Okay. Yeah, so he played Crow, who was the Deviant, like the head Deviant. Yeah. Okay. And I'm kind of disappointed. Yeah, Harry Styles played Eros. (laughs) 
I, I mean, I'm actually okay with that because I feel Styles has shown his acting chops with Dunkirk. Oh shit, he wasn't Dunkirk, huh? Yeah. Damn, is he a better actor than I thought he was? <laughs> <laughs> I think he might be. From what I remember, he was very good in that movie. Shit, I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I mean, that's easier to forgive then. But I honestly thought it was Bill Skarsgård. Uh, well, wait, like actually, like on screen? Yeah, I thought it was Bill that was oh. that was Eros. Uh, yeah, I could definitely tell that was Harry Styles. I I couldn't. It's also no, like fair. Harry Styles is just such like a background character in my mind. <laughs> no, that's fair. What you don't like One Direction? You didn't listen to stuff like it was gospel music? Hell no, man. I had better <laughs> shit to do with my time. <laughs> um. Okay, so I do have a question. When it came to like the actual like character relationships, because I, f- I feel this works in with the story, Um. with, um, let's say, uh, Cersei and um, Icarus, how'd you feel about those two? I think Icarus was a little on the clingy side, but overall, I I actually really liked the relationship. Like, Cersei was just, I think Icarus kind of had a god complex, and Cersei grounded him. That Yeah, I would agree with that. And, like, that was, like, really nice to see. So, I mean... I thought I thought it was a really good relationship. And I think all of the relationships were really good. Like I I don't really know th- how I felt about well I I couldn't get a good grasp of what kind of relationship Gilgamesh and Thena had whether that was like a romantic relationship or whether it was like um sibling protection. I I don't know actually I don't cuz um towards the end of the movie uh when Thena's talking to Cersei she says you know Gilgamesh uh always told me when you love something you protect it no matter what that's the one Right, so but so, that doesn't always necessarily equal romantic love No no I agree and so like yeah, I just don't know if he ever, if like he actually had like, like romantic feelings for her, or if he saw her more as just a sister. Um, I don't know. Like, I honestly wanted them to explore that relationship more. Um, as I said at the beginning of this episode, I'm freaking pissed that they killed off Gilgamesh. Yeah, I mean, it's understandable why they didn't explore that more. It's because yeah. it was very Cersei Icarus based, which makes sense. Because Thena and Gilgamesh weren't the ones that were going to ultimately stop the emergence from happening. No, that that's very true. Like it, it, um, I think it had to focus on on Cersei and Icarus because Cersei was absolutely the protagonist, and Icarus was like the secret antagonist. And yeah, so it, you happening. have to focus on those two, like first and foremost. Yeah. But I, I think that they did make a very good B story. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Um, 
uh, one more relationship that I just want to talk about. Did you, how did you feel about the? Because uh, you could definitely tell that there was something going on between those two, uh, Druig and Makari. I actually really liked their relationship. I did too. Oh, uh, I, I think it was just like uh, both of them just kind of had like a cockiness about them, and that just the and I wouldn't even say it was like a real relationship. It was more like a flirtationship. Yeah, that's fair. And I loved every second of it. Like, <laughs> like those two, the actors had like amazing chemistry between the two of them. They did. It was it was amazing, actually. Yeah, but I I loved it. I loved it so much. Um, speaking of Makari, real quick. Um, so she was played by Lauren Ridloff, who is, uh, deaf. So all of her sign language was, like, her sign language. I think that was so freaking cool. Yeah, um, apparently the interest, because of this movie, the interest of people wanting to learn American Sign Language has gone up by 250%. That makes me very happy. Right? Because hell yeah. Like, that is so cool. Like, it just shows how important representation is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, and being the first deaf hero... I know that your your salty ass is going to want to say Hawkeye's the first deaf hero, but he has a hearing aid. <laughs> I wasn't go even going to bring that up, actually, so <laughs> kiss my ass. You had it. You had a look about your face. I'm like, that asshole is going to be like, well, Hawkeye's deaf. <laughs> I wasn't even going to bring it up, asshole. Shut the hell up. <laughs> I was going to shut the F up. Okay, I was wrong. I'll, 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 it's like I, I've I'll already said that. the F word once on this podcast. Might as well say it a second time. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm kidding. Oh. But, yeah, I I thought all of the relationships that they did. And I, the one that felt, like, really funky was Sprite's, like, kind of admiration of Icarus. It kind of felt like older brother but then the way that oh was who was it kingo explained the relation like it was peter pan like i, I love that. that yeah i did too because yeah I, I never thought of explaining it that way i'm like damn that's a really good way to explain it yeah and like kingo was just an amazing character like and it was just like the simple things like I loved how, like, with Kingo and Sprite, the conversation that that they were having, um, it just like really stood out. Like, oh, why he why he got into to movies, and he's like, it's because I missed hearing your stories, and talking about like how he would just sit there and admire, like all like everything that you you would do and your your storytelling, and. I love that they brought it up, but they showed it before they even brought it up. When they yes. were in, like, uh, what was it, Babylon? I think so. 
Yeah, and they're talking about or and she's doing like some crazy. It was, um, it was the illusion story of, magic. It was, it was the story of Gilgamesh and someone else. It was it wasn't one of the other Eternals, but I forget who else it was. Yeah, but just like the way that that Kingo was just sitting there, like almost in awe. Yeah. Like just as much as everyone else in the audience was. Like it was amazing. I do love the part in that scene where freaking Gilgamesh actually goes down to sit next to him. And uh, Kingo's just like, there's literally freaking dozens of seats open and you have to sit right next to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing I also appreciated that kind of I felt helped with the story a little bit was. Like, I know that the Eternals were trying to, like, at least Cersei was, was trying to keep her powers a secret. Mm -hmm. None of the other Eternals even, like, tried to hide their abilities. Yeah. And I loved that. Like, it's just... I loved it because it's just kind of like, okay, what... Like, if someone finds out who you're a superhero, what happens? You get captured, someone, like, dissects you. You're not going to do that to an Eternal. They'll freaking kick your ass. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And, like, I just love that, that they didn't feel the need to hide. Like, even, like, Icarus, he didn't need to, to hide. And that he heard he was on the news, and it wasn't, like, some, oh, no, like, situation. He's just like, whatever. <laughs> Now, the fact that, like, yeah, the kid's, like, freaking out, like, oh, my God, yeah, you know, like, you were shooting laser beams and you were wearing a cape. The only thing that he says is, I don't wear a cape. Yeah. Like, the I, only response. Oh, I love so it. So good. Like, I, I love that. I, I, I love that they didn't try to throw in this other plot device. Like, they had so much to deal with already. Don't throw in the plot device that they're trying to hide their abilities or yeah. not interact. Like, and I, I thought that what they were going to do was, like, oh, we can't interfere with with humans and like all their stuff. I loved how they just kind of let everything happen around them. Like when they were talking about it in Mesopotamia and they were like the Spanish inquisition and they were just like, they were just seriously just like off in a field or like off in the trees somewhere, like watching this happen. Yeah. And no one was bothering them. <laughs> Nope, nope. <laughs> and like just saying, oh, we can't, in we can't interfere with, with this. We can't interfere with that. And like it's just, I love that not interfering doesn't mean not helping or not. Like in times of peace, like fastest um, developing new technology for them, and just all of this other stuff. Like I really love that and. And I think they did also such a good job at explaining everyone's motivations behind um, leaving the Eternals or leaving the yeah. group. Like Fastest, he was with with Ajax for a majority of the, his life until his technology or he helped humans develop nuclear technology and bomb Hiroshima. And then, like, just his heartbreak through that. And he's just like, I'm freaking done with these people. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's it like, makes... You know what? I don't blame you, man. Yeah, right? And I'm like, Psh, straight up. 
But I think everything just flowed so freaking well. So 93 is like an exceptional score for yeah. story. Um, getting into writing, it was a little bit lower. Um, sitting at a 90.5. Um, okay. I think I've I've said it a million times. I I'm not the biggest fan of wasted dialogue. And I feel there was a few lines here and there that were that could have been considered that, but for the most part, they did a really good job at keeping it the the script crisp. What what was uh, what are some examples of a wasted dialogue you felt? Um, honestly, a lot of shit with Sprite. <laughs> Not for blood with Sprite. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I know. It, like, I think th- my biggest issues were Sprite and probably Crow, the Deviant. Y- yeah. Okay, you know, okay, so I want to bring this up really quickly with the whole Crow thing. Like, towards the end, when um when he's trying to, like, get Thena to, like, um basically come to him and so she he can just like kill her and absorb her power um i would i don't know maybe it's just me but i would assume the part where he's just like hey thena it's me gilgamesh remember uh like he you know he keeps saying remember remember but it's not even like it's not him trying to intimidate or in that's the word intimidate what's the word when you're actually able to do someone else's voice Oh, imitate, per- imitate. He's not even trying to imitate Gilgamesh's voice. He's. Just I know that threw voice. me off too. I'm like, what the shit? <laughs> you should have the ability to imitate like any, especially considering you absorbed Gilgamesh's powers. You should be able to at least do his voice. Like, come on. Yeah, you would think, right? <laughs> so the fact that like Thena fell for that shit at least for a minute i'm just like it's not even freaking gilgamesh's voice i know i think it might have just been the sayings but it was still like really funky and if you want to talk about funky uh the way that he was like tying her up i'm like this is getting a little on the kinky side (laughs) yeah it was a little weird like you know what? I get it. Some people have a thing for Angelina Jolie, but mm, not in a Marvel movie, please. Yeah. Um, I think that it could have really helped if they uh if they they used Gilgamesh's voice. But yeah. And what yeah, made that it was, <laughs> well, that was creepy. I think sometimes Crow went on a little too long with his rants. Yeah, I, I definitely would agree with that. Um, I do. I did appreciate that they were able to just kind of wrap up his life really quick. Yeah, and cleanly, and they just like, all right, done. Like, <laughs> like we don't need this story arc anymore. <laughs> like, it's it was. I loved that. Like, it was just kind of like as soon as they were done with it, they ended. And it did feel very abrupt, but I'm like, I mean, we're we're gonna move on to some more important things. <laughs> yeah. Um. 
Speaking of, you know, you know, going along with writing, and I, I feel this kind of goes with acting too. Um, the whole scene where, uh, oh my gosh, uh, Sprite, oh my God, I'm forgetting these names. Sprite, Icarus, um, Kingo, what's, what's his assistant's name? Uh, Karun. Karun and Cersei all show up to, uh, Gilgamesh and Thena's house. Um, I don't know, maybe it's just me. I'm being biased here just because, you know, Gilgamesh was my favorite character in this movie. But freaking every line that is written for Gilgamesh in that scene is just freaking comedy gold. Yep. Just, just. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> From the freaking line about uh, Karun being like Alfred to freaking Sprite changing him to a uh, freaking big baby. Um, which I, could you tell that that was CGI? Uh, a little bit. Okay. Um, but yeah, that, like the, the writing for all of the characters in that scene was great, but I, I feel Gilgamesh's writing really stood out for me, especially, especially the freaking like freaking, uh, his beer being like freaking the corn that he freaking shucked himself with his own <laughs> teeth and like and fermented and spit. <laughs> So gross. Freaking Kingo keeps drinking it. It's like freaking Gil. Can you just freaking dump all this out? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah, I think for the most part, they did really well at avoiding unnecessary lines or like redundancies or just different things here and there. Like, I think they did a really good job at avoiding all of that. Um, like I said, the biggest slip-ups I felt were with Sprite and, um, uh, who else did I say? <laughs> I thought it might have actually just been Sprite. Yeah, um, I do feel like maybe there was a little bit of wasted dialogue with, um, Dane. That, that's fair. Um, I, I feel that, um, since they were able to get hit, Kit Harrington, they wanted to try to squeeze as much dialogue out of him as they could. Yeah, they kind of led us on to believe that he was going to be a bigger part of the movie than he was they going really to. Did like at like, the beginning, the I'm hell? just like, oh, he's like in the beginning of this. Like, all right, I'm down. <laughs> yeah, because he's a great actor. Yeah, but nope. Well, luckily, and I hope. We get to see more of him down the line. Um, for sure, I have a feeling we're going to see him in Blade. Yeah, that's going to be freaking awesome. That's going to really be super sick. Um, one thing, though. Um, and I think this might have been... I'll, I'll say this is a writing issue. What... Do you remember when... Um, when they were back on their ship and like to get Makari and she, someone was holding up a sword. Didn't Sprite ask if that was the Ebony blade? Uh, I, I think so. And then, yeah, doesn't Athena say, no, it's the sword of Excalibur. Oh, that's right. Okay. I, I, I would have sworn. I'm like, Oh, I would have sworn someone said it was, um, it was the ebony blade. So when 
when the ebony blade like actually it was like at the end with Dane, I'm like, wait. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like how do you get that? Did like Cersei drop it off for him and I'm like, I'm pretty sure she wouldn't give him a cursed blade. <laughs> I mean, at least we hope not. <laughs> yeah, right. So Yeah, that was another writing issue. Not a big one, so that was just my misunderstanding. But again, um writing is is uh above above average, sitting at a ninety point five. Uh, moving on over to acting, we're sitting at a 92.5. Hell yeah. Okay, so yeah, we got to touch upon some of these stars here. Yeah, so I um, have IMDb pulled up. If, okay, cool. So, uh, Cersei was played by Gemma Chan. Icarus, played by Richard Madden. Thena, played by Angelina Jolie. Ajak, played by Salma Hayek. Dane Whitman, who is played by Kit Harrington, Kingo, who is played by Kumail Nanjiani, Sprite, played by Leah McHugh, Fastus, played by Brian Tyree Henry, Macari, played by Lauren Redloff, Druig, played by Barry Kogan, uh, Gilgamesh, played by Don Lee. Um, Crow was played by Bill Skarsgård, and then Arishem was voiced by David Kay. Like those are the the main people. Yeah, uh, did yeah, I miss I anyone? No, I don't think you did. Okay. Um. Obviously, we know that you have a hard on for for. Uh, Gilgamesh. <laughs> I do not have a heart on. I just think that the guy's a really good actor and his character deserved a little better. Um so did who else anyone else stand out to you? Um I feel the one that really stood out to me just because I walked in this movie thinking that I was gonna hate his character, Barry Keegan. However the hell you say his last name. Yeah, no um, freaking clue. <laughs> Yeah, um, he was fantastic as Druig. He um, he says his lines in kind of like not like a monotone kind of way, but I don't know. How would you explain the way he delivers his lines? That's interesting. Kind of in a stuck-up way. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, like it, anything that he says, just kind of feels like he. He's kind of saying, like, oh, I know better than you. Which, I mean, that's definitely how the character of Druig is. So, to to that, he played it very well. Oh, yeah. Um, um, I think he did a really good job at portraying even, like, the emotional, or, like, not the emotional, the flirtationship that he had with, uh, yeah. with Macari. He really like, it, did. He went from, like, that, like, I'm better than you attitude to like a very just like wink wink. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah, I I think he did a really good job. Um sorry, go ahead. I'm trying to I I'm super biased because I love him so much. But Kumel Nanjiani 
as Kingo was the standout for me. See, that's, okay, so I so apparently so I have a hard on for Don Lee, and you have a hard on for Kumail Nagiani. Well, it's just I don't know. I I'm a sucker for Don't comedic performances, and I think everyone did like a really good job. Like honestly, Kumail Nanjiani and and Brian Tyree Henry, who played Fastest, like those were my two highlights of other than like the main cast. Like I think Gemma Chan and Richard Madden did really good at their more serious performances. Yeah. Angelina Jolie, she she felt a little wasted. A little bit, but in the best possible way. Fair. It almost felt like she wasn't Angelina Jolie. Because Angelina Jolie is a title actress, like yeah, an A-class. And it, in this, it, it didn't quite feel that way and it, i think it worked it did um honestly if i had to say like anyone was like really wasted because like don lee does get a lot to do for what he is given um considering this is actually his first uh, uh american film um is it really yeah and honestly his english has come a long way amazing job um but I feel like the the one that was wasted so much because what she is she actually does in this movie is great is Salma Hayek. I loved what she where what she what uh, um um oh my god what she was in in this movie like I loved the scenes that she's in like actually I'm so used to her being in like comedies like with Adam Sandler and shit like that so I'm not used to her being in like these kind of serious roles and like really showing off her acting chops. And I freaking love it. She's really good at this kind of stuff. And I really wish that she would have gotten more to do as Ajax. Yeah. Again, that's another thing. I'm not too upset about that. Yeah? Yeah, it's just... Marvel movies, to me, are the introduction to new actors and actresses. Or up-and-coming. And so, with the Eternals, I think that you had to kind of get into the um, the higher class of actor. Yeah. Or people just higher up on the, the class scale. <laughs> because <laughs> with, with that, like, I think they were the selling point for the Eternals. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, oh, come see Eternals, Angelina Jolie's in it, and Selma Hayek. And then it's just like, ooh. And then they focus more on, like, the up-and-comers, like, Gemma Chan and Richard Madden. Yeah. Frightfully so. I mean, they are very good actors. Yeah. I mean, they're, like, they're no slouches. Like No. no But they're just not on the same level as Angelina and Salma. Yeah. So, but I think they did an incredible job. Like, (sighs) the... Hats off to who, to the casting people. Like, you guys freaking killed it. So, I know, I know you're not the f- biggest fan of some of her... Okay, I gotta I got know. How did you actually feel about the actress that played Sprite? I mean, I didn't hate her. Like, okay. she was good. It, I think it was just the way her character was written. 
Uh, okay, that's fair. Um, I'm um, not sure I, if I, I know her I from anything else. I think I liked her character else. a little more than you. Um, yeah, like, she was good. She was, like, definitely yeah. good. She just wasn't, like, top three for me. Okay, if you had to choose your top three, who would they be? Um, I was just looking at her IMDb real quick. She didn't start oh, acting till like 2016, and I haven't seen a single thing. This is like her her big role, so that's kind of cool. That is actually very cool. Kudos yeah. to her for getting in a Marvel movie at so young. Yeah, right. <sighs> All right, my number one. I have to give. Ah, oh, they were all so good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like looking down this list and I'm just like, shit, like they were really good too. <sighs> My number one I'm going to give to Cersei. I think okay. she did a really phenomenal job at playing someone that was relatable in a way. <laughs> no, yeah, that's fair. Um, Like someone who was like, always late like she has these human flaws about her and i i love that dude the the part where she freaking says i know i'm late charlie and it cuts to char it's charles darwin right is that yep. that was amazing i'm like that's fantastic <laughs> i get it because you live forever <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah so I'm i'm definitely giving it to cersei number one number two have to give it to Kingo. I love the hell out of Kingo. Um, uh, I'd have to give it to to Icarus after that. Like Icarus, like I, I liked him. He was like just kind of a like jockey douchey. Yeah, yeah enough. Yeah. And then once he went bad, I'm just like, oh, you became a thousand times more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he plays, like, the evil Superman part very well. But that's just it. He doesn't think what he's doing is evil. And in that's a true. way, like, because Kingo wasn't necessarily against Icarus either. He's just like, yeah. listen, like, yes, this it sucks that this planet is going to get destroyed, but it's giving birth to a celestial who will give birth to, like, millions of other planets just like this one. And the only difference between Icarus and Kingo is Kingo didn't want to fight any of his family. So that's why he kind of just kind of just left. Yeah. And it's so cool like how I think you can take the the dynamics with these people in their relationship to Arishem to Yeah, no, absolutely. Almost like you can like bring it down to like a mortal equivalency of like religion it's a good point like icarus was just so he was like a blind follower like he, he didn't care what erishim said what told him what to do he he did it without question yep and then kingo had the relationship where it's like I I don't necessarily agree with what Arishem is asking, 
but it is ultimately for the the greater good or it it the the sacrifice serves a greater purpose than we can imagine it will give birth to millions of of other planets millions of other people and blah 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 yeah so it's like you can understand that too like that like okay i don't necessarily agree with what god's asking in certain instances but it's for the greater good and like you know people like that like i feel in some instances i'm people like that (laughs) i can agree with that um i mean not in the best way possible yeah and then the only other one i think just kind of like opposite of of kingo because i think that like the complete opposite of icarus where it was like totally devout was cersei yes where she's like as soon as she realized what what the celestials were planning she's like nah like i'm not having it and then kingo was like okay i found it out and i don't like it but i'm okay with it like because it serves a greater purpose i think the complete opposite of him was fastest where he's like i now know what the celestials are planning and i'm not about that life and i am not going to put up with it (laughs) yeah yeah no yeah exactly so I I just love those those dynamics and I f- feel like with Sprite it was very much she was guided by her heart and just saw yeah. like she she was I think she was just going to follow Icarus wherever the hell he went. Oh yeah, absolutely. Athena I under like I think the ones that like were just kind of like eh indifferent about it were or Athena, Makari, and Druig. And Gilgamesh didn't really learn the what the Celestials were doing, right? Um Like he all he no, knew he was did. about the Deviants. Did he Yeah, he did. Yeah, cause when um cause yeah, um literally uh oh god, when does she have that? Because when she uh, goes out to, um, like, after they first get to Gilgamesh and Thena's uh, place, and she actually, like, goes out and, like, gets a full-on connection with, um, oh my god, what's his name again? Starts with an A, right? Arishim? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. However you say it. Um, Him telling him, telling her, like, hey, you know, know, uh, I created the deviants they went against me so i created the eternals to basically destroy the deviants you know yada 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 also and so she's telling once she finishes that whole situation she tells uh icarus gilgamesh um thena and uh sprite oh and uh kingo and yeah basically what's going on and from i mean i'm assuming gilgamesh was with her it seemed because well oh no what was it because um when him and thena are sitting in the woods she's just like well why are we waiting and he's just like well um was it cersei still doesn't know what we should do so that's why we're waiting on her so you could tell that he uh definitely agreed with uh cersei's mission then 
At least that's what it seemed like. Okay. Seemed like he was definitely on Cersei's side. I can get behind that. But yeah, I think everyone did, like, like I said, hats off to the casting people, because they did an amazing job. This casting was killer. Oh, so good. Yeah, so I think a um, 92.5 is more than fair. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Moving on over to character development, we're sitting at an 89.5, which so far is the lowest score. Wow. That's not even that low. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I kind of did the team as a whole just because like there were so many like many stories in this yeah no it's fair yeah i think the biggest one was was with cersei and icarus which i think is the one that we can definitely talk about more um but cersei started off as a as a follower um she was just kind of Whatever Ajax needed her to be, I guess. Yeah. Um, follow didn't follow blindly, but she followed with love uh, for the the human people, and like maintained that love. But then that love was challenged when she became the the leader of the Eternals. Um, after Ajax's passing. And so when she became, because she, like, she was under the impression that Ajax knew best. And so when she became leader and learned what Erishim had planned for herself and her team, she kind of had to grow into her leadership role. Like, she struggled with making a decision for like a really good portion until people were kind of telling her to get her act together and be like you're you you're leading us now you make the the ultimate decision and and she did so i i thought that was like incredible like and she, and she gets to that point and then she stands by her decisions as well which i think you could have had her like hesitate more but I love that they didn't. Yeah. Um, I feel kind of like, at least kind of at the beginning where she like kind of starts to question everything that's going on is when she has to explain to Dane, you know, like what it, who the Eternals really are, why they didn't interfere with Thanos or any other um, human catastrophe. Um, And the fact that towards the ending when she's explaining everything, She's just like, and now we kind of just are, we've been here for over 7,000 years and we're kind of just waiting to be called back home. We don't know when that's going to be. And like, it, it kind of seems that she's kind of confused by that, but she kind of just still falls blindly that, you know, it's, it's going to happen eventually. Yeah. And it, it makes like perfect sense why she has that hesitation to become the leader of the Eternals and take yeah. that that role on. And even when it comes to defying the wishes of Erishem, 
So I think they did a really good job with that story. Um, I think the, the what brought it down though was the um, some of the side stories, like you said, probably could have been explored a little bit more, but. And maybe they could have drawn out the the whole um, deviant stuff and yeah. and dealing with um, Crow, like maybe drawn that out just a little bit. But it it just it wasn't important enough for them to do that. Yeah. When honestly, when the Eternals uh, found out their real purpose. And how basically they always thought that, well, as, uh, you know, Kingo said, you know, I, we are the heroes that, you know, we, um, create, um, how did he explain it? (laughs) Do you remember? How did he explain what? Like, um, when, um, Gilgamesh is kind of like, well, I always thought we were the heroes, but it turns out we're not. But he's just like, but we are the heroes. We, uh. We we give li- we uh we give life we help we help life but then I think like someone chimes in is just like yeah but then we take it away yeah which is really shitty because it it does put you in like a weird conundrum yeah because it's like yes you could follow blindly and. I don't know, like, it's it's such an interesting concept, like, what the, what and who the Eternals are. It really is. Because to, like, other, because a bunch of different people, like, they could be different, like, from one perspective, I think both perspectives are right. In one light, the Eternals are, are villains sent to ultimately destroy planets. Yeah. Almost like the, like, a Herald of Galactus does and they have to like prepare this planet for its ultimate destruction but in the same sense it's giving birth to other worlds other people like countless other people so it's just who's in the right there (laughs) Yeah, like it's it's such a weird moral gray area. It it becomes that like the lives of the few versus the lives of the many. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. But yeah, I, I think they did an amazing job with that. So yeah, I think uh, an eighty eighty nine and a half, pretty fair. No, I agree. Um, anything else you wanted to say about character development or anyone else that you wanted to focus on? Not really. I don't think so. I mean, well, I mean, um, I feel, uh, I did appreciate that Sprite does get a big, uh, character moment towards the end. And the fact that when she's, um, when like the whole like fight is going on with, um, Cersei um, Cersei Druig and Fastos trying to stop the um. Re- oh my gosh, re- not not resurgence, emergence, right? Yes. 
But yeah, Icarus and Sprite are trying. Well, I'm sorry. Wait, I forgot. Makari is trying to stop it. But you know, with Icarus and Sprite's trying to stop it, and that whole scene with um, Sprite being like, you know what? I always envied over you. Um, oh my God, I just forgot her name. Makari. No. Uh. Uh, Icarus and um. Cersei. Cersei, thank you. God, how did I forget her name? Um, but how uh, Sprite is just like, you know what? I always uh, kind of um, not hated about you, but I was always jealous of is because of the way that you were developed as an Eternal. You actually looked the like an adult age where I was um, constructed as a child, so I never actually got to live a basic, basically normal life on Earth. Everyone just saw me as a child. And so the fact that she is able to finally, you know, live because uh, Cersei says, you know, like, hey, I still have, you know, power left over from the Unimind. I'm able to turn human. Would you be okay with that? But, you know, like, of course, you're going to die. And she's just like, yeah, I would love that. And the fact that she gets to, you know, experience that she gets to experience growing up as a kid, actually gets to experience childhood, finding love. Um, and, you know, just enjoying life. I thought that was actually a very good character growth for her. I thought it was too. I thought it was also a very convenient way if they ever wanted to bring her back to justify her aging. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, seriously though. You know what? Good point. But, you know, like kudos to them for being like, hey, loophole bitch. (laughs) Yeah, they're going to find a way and be like, hey, you're at the ripe age now. You can be an eternal again if you want. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! There we go. That was funny. Yeah, but I yeah definitely a really good character arc. Um, moving on over to effects for with this one. So this one's sitting also at an eighty nine point five. Um, with this one. It gets a little interesting because it does have very <sighs> rubbery looking effects at times, especially when you have like the flying. Like I, the biggest one I I recall was the f- fight between Makari and Icarus. Like there were a lot of times where it felt like very, very rubbery I will at give times. Them this though, um, maybe it's just because I'm so used to. Um, seeing uh, Ezra Miller's The Flash running in live action. Um, and I think that they have um, learned from Quicksilver in Age of Ultron. I mean, he looks great, but I don't know. I think Makari's running her super speed, some of the best um, super speed I've seen on film. Do absolutely agree. It looked great. I really appreciated that they didn't try doing any slow mo shit with her. I did too. It was just it was just super speed all all the time. And that's mm-hmm. how it should be. That's like, exactly how slow mo is cool. But when I'm looking at someone that has super speed, I want to see them running fast as hell. Yeah, dude. <sighs> they should have taken a note, or freaking Warner Brothers in general needs to take a note Warner Brothers I think needs to take a note from 
this movie about how to do a speedster fight. Oh, seriously, though. Like, Makaru was whooping Icarus's ass. <laughs> and it was freaking awesome. It was so good. And, like, the my favorite, my favorite scene, and this is, like, exactly how I feel the, fl- the Flash should fight. She was just laying punches on and then zooming off, zooming back, and just, like, freaking wrecking him. Yeah. And then, like, when she, she was punching him into the wall and just, like, multiple, like, back and forth, just pounding him into the freaking stone. It was, like, so freaking brutal. And, like, Flash has never done that. Nope. Like, that's how the freaking Flash sh- should fight. The only, like... <sighs> Do I understand why... The fight with Superman went the way that it did. Yeah, I get it. But it's just, that's how the fight should be. Because Icarus was struggling, and the only reason that he even got the one-up on Makari was because he's stronger. Yeah. And, like, borderline invulnerable. So that's, like, just the one thing that he had on her. So it was so... Ugh, it was, I loved the fight so freaking much. The only times I'm that like the only time that pulled me out of it was whenever they were like showing when they were like doing like struggling and like more or less grappling throughout. That looked very rubbery at times. That's um right. I do one hundred percent believe that they spilled the entire budget on the celestials. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and the one scene that I wanted to talk about was the very end where, um, oh shit, what's his name? Uh, Arishem comes to Earth to get Cersei and the others that stayed on on Earth, and the way he just appeared in the clouds, holy ballsack, bro. I was I was ready to shit myself with how cool that looked, right? And the fact that like everyone else can see it, like it's not like naked to them. It was, it, that it makes it, it so more much terrifying. more terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, could you imagine how badly everyone was freaking out? Like anyone who was around them. Like you see this giant. <sighs> faceless god appear into the sky and then you see some lady just like fly into space <laughs> like i would my brain wouldn't work right ever again no no huh <laughs> and just I the mean, way that like everyone was like inside. checking on the, each other when like when he disappeared i'm like yeah straight up bro <laughs> like i'd be like oh shit i'm gonna end up in space <laughs> Oh shit! Like, oh, that would terrify the hell out of me. Same here. Same here. I, I, I hope they address this in future projects. <laughs> like, I want someone to be on Earth, just like fighting, and then suddenly, boom, celestial. <laughs> 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 like, I want to see that scene from 
someone else's perspective. But, yeah, oh, fair. Gosh. Yeah. Dude, I'm excited. Like, I, I'm, I hope that we get to see also in future projects that we get to see maybe when they do like a, a far out view of Earth that we get to see the hand of the celestial that was being born. Yeah, that actually would be really cool. Yeah, like, oh my gosh, speaking of, that whole scene was terrifying as hell. Seriously, though. just Dude, I was getting like, tense. Dude, I was too, just like the fingers just starting to to um come up just ever so slowly. Just, oh, yeah. Oh my gosh. Like I said, I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff. Like, just giant beings. Like, I, I, not necessarily when it comes to, like, Godzilla versus Kong, but. Okay. Like, I wasn't the biggest fan of that, but I did really like King Kong, the one with, uh, Jack Black. Oh, which is interesting. Um, I also really liked Kong Skull Island. Just Hmm. because of how giant that shit seemed like it's just stuff like that okay like I, I don't know why i didn't like godzilla versus kong as much but I, i'm a sucker for the the giant beings and so those giant beings is basically what sold me on the effects the only like the other thing that kind of brought it down other than that rubbery fight scene were the deviants like they felt yeah, very I out of place <laughs> um I feel uh, like almost all of the uh, powers that the Eternals had looked amazing with the special effects. Um, how did you feel about Icarus's uh, laser eyes? <laughs> I really liked it. I thought I liked that they were gold. I appreciated that it was something different. They weren't red. Yeah, it kind of just matched the the rest of the Eternals' powers. Like they were all very like gold based, like Athena's yeah. um, weapon constructs were were basically like drawn gold. Yeah, can we talk about how really bitchin' cool? that is? Like just being able to construct a freaking shield and a sword out of midair. Yeah, like oh my gosh, so cool. And then. Kingo's was really cool too. Like how it was like, like the way that he like just finger guns. But yeah. I think he did it in a way that like didn't feel like he was like pew pew. No, I appreciate that. For the most part, he did. Uh, he had his fingers to the uh, side. Or wait, no, I'm sorry. He had his he had his fingers like palm down. Yeah, and then like which... he he did like different finger motions too, which I really appreciated. So it didn't just feel like I like I said like finger guns. Yeah, no. So, I and honestly, I feel that's a credit to Kumal Nagiani's um, choice of how to do it. Unless someone like told him to do it that way, but if he was the one that decided to do it that way, kudos to him because it definitely made it look a lot more kind of serious and not kind of like wonky and like kind of not as serious as like some of the other Eternals powers. Yeah. Um personally, my favorite um 
ability from like all of the Eternals had to come from Gilgamesh. Real okay, hell yeah, yeah. I I, I don't know what like it. It kind of gave me some Hellboy vibes. <laughs> that you know what? That's fair. I like, I, I freaking love that. Like just the way that it was like kind of a shield because he would use it to like deflect Thena's attacks. But then just the way, like, just, I think it was just the way that he activated it, where it was like just kind of doing a small punch in the air, kind of like cocking a gun, and then just boom! <laughs> yeah. Dude, the fact, the one scene where um, it's after, like, he, he punches one of the deviants, and then freaking Icarus, um, Mercari, and Kingo come in and help him take it down. But then it starts to get back up, and he freaking turns around, and then he just does a freaking bitch slap. It's <laughs> a finishing move. It's so great. Oh my gosh! Oh, and the the first um, the first time that Thena kind of loses her mind, and like he he freaking flips her on the ground, and then just boom, like just sucker <laughs> yeah, punches like... her. I'm like shit. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like oh my gosh! I was his power was so cool. It, like his his um I don't even know how to explain it. Just his body language when he did that, like just sold the ability. And no, like yeah, I said, it was like cocking a gun. He's like, like you can almost hear a yeah. Anytime he did that, and it was so cool. Like I I loved like how it looked drawn. Like everything looked drawn there's like right. one part i think uh where his uh, arm actually uh looks like the infinity gauntlet doesn't it i think that's just kind of how his power works <laughs> that how it okay well you know what that's freaking awesome because i loved that yeah it's like uh so good like all of their powers just were manifested so crazy yeah um like Mercari's looked freaking awesome. Icarus looked super good. Um, I think it's so hard to do laser eyes without thinking about Superman, That's especially true. Man of Steel. Like where, like I think the only one up that Man of Steel has is the like Superman's face glows, or like around his That's eyes fair. start to glow. And it's not just like out of his eyeballs; it's like the skin around him. Yeah. So I think that's like the one thing that it has. Like they they were able to do it a little bit, but not like Superman. So I think they mm -hmm. were able to distinguish it enough. Yeah, like that whole scene where uh, Icarus is like literally getting his ass handed to him by that deviant, and he like the freaking deviant has him on the freaking floor with his head just pinned to the ground and he's like trying to get up with his and he's just like freaking like spewing just la laser vision like everywhere like freaking kudos to the effects team because that sh that shit was freaking intense oh no joke like i could go on and on about these effects they were so freaking good they yeah they really were honestly like the the things i brought up the that like little bit of a rubbery fight scene and the way that the deviants looked 
are the only reason I docked it. <laughs> no, same here. Like, Everything else looked crisp as hell. Yeah, this this is honestly some of the best effects I've seen in a Marvel movie. Yeah. Um. So yeah, sitting at an eighty nine point five. Not bad. All right. Next up, we got music, which we unanimously agreed on a nine. Hell yeah! This had some good ass music. Um, the one track that stood out to me the most, and this was actually in the uh, tr- I think it was in the um, first trailer. I think it's called uh, was it End of the World? Um, it's the song in the teaser trailer when they do that pullout shot of all the Eternals like standing on the kind of like the cliff area and it goes with it it um it ended when you said goodbye i'm not recalling that one in the movie it plays when um they first arrive uh in um so it's after the, so it's as fastos is leaving his family and they're going to pick up the uh domo Okay, I'm vaguely remembering that one. Okay. Um. So yeah, so that we... was a pretty good song. Um. Honestly, this is like the same thing. Like <laughs> any other time, I've given a movie a nine and not a ten. It was just lacking something for me to hum. Everything else, it enhanced the scenes. Like they had like these epic, um, musical scores. That they use to basically yeah, enhance every scene. But the main theme of the Eternals was kick ass. Oh my gosh, so good. Um But yeah, honestly it was just catching the it was just missing a catchy theme. <laughs> no, yeah, that, that's fair. I definitely agree with you on that one. Other than that, I think the the soundtrack for this was just on point. Yeah. I absolutely agree. Um, anything else music wise stand out to you? Not no, not really. Yeah, same here. Uh moving over on to costumes though. Oh my gosh. The Eternals outfits are kick ass. Seriously, all of them look so good. I I love that they're not all the same color. They're all different. I mm-hmm. love it. Oh my gosh. And it. I loved how it just kind of. Yeah, like the different colors. Like that really helps too with like just how epic everything is and how it kind of reflects their abilities too, in a way. Yeah, that's fair. Like with Cersei, her her outfit is is green is very like flowy and like very like um almost royal looking yeah i can agree with that and it's green like reflecting her her love of like nature i would say because she's able to affect um like organic material yeah like and so it's just playing off of that and then 
Icarus with his suit being blue, like just a color that that stands out, like it's it's bright and bold, and just kind of stands out for him as a as a superhero. And then everyone else, like their colors, like uh, with Thena, hers her color was white. Um, just showing how um, elegantly she can move through a battlefield. I, at least that's what I gathered from it. Um, like no, her her powers were very like light based and and everything. So it was just like that elegance of of jumping around and yeah. And then I think they were a little on the nose with Mercari being dressed in red. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was just like, okay, basically female Flash. <laughs> yeah, but it worked. <laughs> yeah, it, it it definitely worked, but it's just like not dissimilar to the Flash. Yeah, no, dude, I'm I like, you guys could have yeah. gone with a different color. <laughs> what you if they probably should have, but whatever. <laughs> um, and then Ajax was kind of a a mixture of of different colors, but she was looked more as the the leader. So she had a very different um, costume design than everyone else. Um, she got almost, a headpiece. Yeah, almost kind of reminded me of like an archmage. Ooh, yeah, okay, that's a good comparison. Yeah, kind of had like a pope looking hat. Yeah. On her, so just kind of like, like a spiritual guide, which I mean makes sense for yeah, who Ajax is. Also, like a healer. And then, I f- what color was Gilgamesh? Because I remember Fastest was purple. Um, Gilgamesh Druid was, was black. Gilgamesh was kind of like an orange, orange, but like a very like dark orange. Okay. I mean, that kind of makes sense. Like, I feel like orange is used a lot when it comes to, like, strength. Yeah, no, yeah, that's fair. Which is odd for some reason. Like, I don't know why orange of all colors. Like, it for me, it kind of reminds me of the thing. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good point. Then, yeah, like an Aquaman I feel like I'm orange. Oh, and then, um, Kingo. What color was, was he? Uh, he was purple. Uh, well, t- okay, so he was a lighter purple than uh, uh, Fastos. Um, wait, no, he was a darker purple. Fastos was a lighter purple, I think. Or was it the other way around? I'm going to look up a picture of all of them. <laughs> okay. There are too many colors. <laughs> yeah, there are. Yeah, there are. Okay, yeah, Sprite was like a... Like a teal looking color. Fastest was like a, a dark purple. Yeah, Druig was black. Gilgamesh was like almost like a bronze. Yeah, I think that's a better one. Then Kinga was like gray with purple highlights. Okay. Super cool. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like I, I love like their costume designs. Like they, they're all very uniform. Like they have the the little circle piece on the chest. Other than, 
Actually, I think the only one that's different is Gilgamesh. <laughs> like, he, he doesn't... he Well, his circle's, like, across his entire chest. Everyone else is just, like, right below the neckline. And it's, like, kind of a smaller one. His, it's, like, his entire torso. Oh, yeah, shit, it is. <laughs> that's kind of funny. Yeah, so... Love the the costume design on this. It's very regal. Um, in the instances that it needs to be very like bright, but I, I can't get enough of these costumes. Like these costumes are so cool. Yeah. Oh, I. Yeah. I I have nothing bad to say about these these outfits. They were great. Yeah. Um. I I feel like I've seen a shit ton. Of <laughs> of people photoshopping um, Icarus's costume with a cape. Oh, really? And basically, making him look yet. like Superman. Oh goodness gracious! Yeah. Oh my! But I like great costume design. Like very like iconic looking. Yes, absolutely. Like I. I think it would be difficult to do, like, a silhouette of these, but if you were to just highlight the circles or, like, the everything that's highlighted from their suit, like, it would be, like, you'd be, like, be able to immediately tell, oh, these are the Eternals. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, so I don't think it's, like, a perfect silhouette, but you can make it work. <laughs> so... Yeah, we ended up giving the costumes a 10. So, perfect score. Yeah, rightfully so. Well deserved. Alright, last up we got our own personal grade. So, I'll start this one out. Okay. So we can finish with you. Um, I'm going to give this movie a 93. I... I had an absolute blast with this. It was not the typical Marvel movie, and I think it worked so well in its favor. Like, so freaking well. Like, I was surprised at how much I enjoyed it. And it does feel slightly detached from the rest of the MCU, but in a good way. Like, it doesn't feel like, oh, you need to know all of this other um, Marvel information to watch this movie. Like, you can go into this movie completely blind to everything else the MCU is and still be able to understand what's going on. And I think that that just plays into its strengths. Um, so definitely don't go in with your expecta expectations believing that this movie is going to be as bad as critics are saying. Because critics don't know shit. Like, our our breakdowns are the only scores that matter. <laughs> Stealing a line from DJ. Hopefully we don't get a copy of Strikes. <laughs> That'd be really funny if he did. Yeah. Right? It's been like, you've been, I wouldn't ordered be a cease and, you've been ordered a cease and desist letter from the untrained eye. <laughs> be like, I get it. <laughs> yep. Not even mad, bro. Not even mad. Uh... But yeah, like it was, it was so good. Like you get these characters that you genuinely care about, even the characters that aren't 
soul focus. And overall, it's an amazing story. So, yeah, I'm sitting at a solid 93. Hell yeah. Um, Yeah, I absolutely agree with everything Caleb said. Like you said, this is a very different Marvel movie, and it really works in its favor. Um, I feel from what I've seen, the biggest reason why this film is getting so much hate is because it goes against the Marvel movie formula. Um, and so people are just like, well, no, that doesn't work for me. Cause that's how, this is how I like my Marvel movies to be. So I don't like them trying to do anything different, which, you know what? I, I get it. You know, you like to stick to the same stuff that you know and love. I, I, I get it, but I welcome this kind of different storytelling, uh, in the MCU. Um, and this, I mean, this was actually my most anticipated uh, Marvel movie of 2021, and it it did not disappoint. Um, I walked I walked into this movie pretty excited. Um, I was a little hesitant after hearing the reviews, but I walked out of this being, uh, what's the word, loving it as much as I thought I was going to, if not more. Um, so I'm going to actually agree with, uh, Caleb's score. I'm going to give it a 93. Hell yeah. All right. Putting that at a 93, that is the last score that we needed. So that averages us out to a 93. (laughs) Hell yeah. (laughs) Um, so the final... Albro's letter grade for Eternals has come to a A minus. Hell yeah. And oof. Yeah, so it is sitting at a 92.25%. Woo So this is a pretty s- solid A minus. Um, our cutoff for an A minus is a ninety percent, so it's two percent higher. So it's just two points shy of being an A. Okay, wow. Holy yeah. shit. So I'm I mean, like we said, it's not perfect. No. Like it, it definitely has some issues, but for what we've come to expect from marvel movies i think this exceeds it like following the typical marvel formula i think could get just get boring after a while because it's just like oh do you want to watch this movie where this person does this and then this and then this and then this and then ultimately leads to this like with eternals it just kind of flips it on its head and does something completely different yeah and i think that that just shows how amazing it can be absolutely all right so that so sitting at a 92.25% that puts it above never be done which was a documentary that we we scored or we graded which was at a 92.25% Two, one percent. Um, it is above our friend, which is at a ninety-two point one two percent. Puts it above Logan, which was at ninety-one point eight percent. Holy shit! 
It uh, puts it above Coco, which was at a 91.4%. And then finally, it puts it above Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, which was at a 91.20%. So, wait, it beat it by how much? It beat a tur- or it beat Shang-Chi by 1.05%. Damn. Yeah, not like wow. a super large margin, but it still takes the victory. Yeah. That's a tough sell for me. Thinking that it, it's like in our score, it's better than Shang Chi. But looking at our Shang Chi scores, it's it's kind of hard to argue with that. No, see, I mean, like, I don't know. For me, I like Eternals more than Shang Chi, but I I get where you're coming from. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's one percent too. So it's like, what are yeah, you really exactly. bitching about? No. <laughs> They're still on the exact same level. They're both A minus films. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so that's what it's above. But it is below a beautiful day in the neighborhood, which was at a ninety-two point three one. It was also below Joker, which is at a ninety-two point three seven. Damn. It was below Pulp Fiction. Which is at a 92.43. Then it was below Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Which was at a 92.59. And it is finally below Avengers Infinity War. Which is at a 92.93%. Yeah, fair enough. So again, it is like very, very tight margins. Like, the difference between Eternals and Infinity War is 0.7%. Wow. Yeah, it's... It's toy. <laughs> it's toy. Yeah, it's like... It's it's super freaking tight, dude. <laughs> just the way you said that was incredible. Yeah, because just just saying tight doesn't really. I don't. Th- I don't feel it properly expresses how tight the margins are. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's where it's sitting, and I think it has a pretty decent home. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. Uh, well, that conclude. Uh, the the the. I forgot I was leading this episode. God damn it. <laughs> Get tell. <sighs> Shut up. Um. Anyway, uh, do you have anything else you want to say about Eternals? No. Um. Go check it out. Give this movie some love. Yes, please, because it deserves it, in our opinion. Um. But yeah. So if you like what you hear and you want to hear more of our beautiful, beautiful voices. Uh, be sure to follow and subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Even though we have switched to Podbean, 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 we are basically still damn near everywhere. Um, so if you want to check us up, check us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, all that good stuff. You should be able to find us there. Um, you can also catch all of our 
uh, episodes on YouTube. If you prefer to listen on that platform, they are all on there as well. Uh, if you want to follow us on social media, um, where you can uh, DM us with your episode ideas, answer our questions of the week, or uh, that's also a great way to contact us if you want to join us for an episode. Um, you um, can definitely get to through to us there. Uh, for Facebook, it's facebook.com forward slash the Albros, Twitter and Instagram at the Albros, or you could uh, also email us at the Albros channel at gmail.com if you would prefer to get um, in contact with us, with us that way. And even though we don't have anything yet on it, we created a TikTok. So you can find us at uh, the All Bros. So, hell yeah! Go. Hopefully, we're we have something TikTok, to guys. go look up by the time this comes out. If not, well, you know what? It's okay. Just, just know that. Just know that eventually you'll be able to find some good stuff on TikTok of us. Um, well, you have. We're recording on Wednesday. You have until Monday to post something. Yeah, I I can <laughs> do this. Yeah, even if it's just me saying what this tiktok count is about so yeah Yeah. um but yeah so um besides all that fun good stuff uh you can uh if you want to uh get one of our um episode arts uh designed or wow if you want to god i'm really butchering this caleb you should seriously you're just you're uh, killing it man yeah dude you should seriously just lead and end every single episode i'm just saying how about Um, no (laughs) (laughs) um but if you want to uh check out our merch store uh you can uh, check it out on tpublic.com forward slash user forward slash the albros channel um where hopefully you can find a design that you like if it hasn't been taken down by a studio but if it has you can go actually on our website and um, that way you can uh, actually design the kind of shirt or hoodie or whatever you want. Um, you can actually design it the way that you want and put um, the actual like episode art that you would want on it. So if you wanted to get Sonic the Hedgehog or Scoob on there, you can actually do it there because you sure as hell can't do it on TeePublic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, next week, we will be uh, breaking down the, I feel groundbreaking, sci-fi film, The Matrix. This is our uh, lead-up to The Matrix 4, which is coming out uh, late next month, right? Is that when Matrix 4 comes out? Uh, Yeah. Kay. So it comes out late December, and we'll be breaking it down the first week in uh january yeah um so yeah so you can look forward to that uh next week but until then this has been the all bros podcast i am jonathan and i'm caleb and we will see you guys next week what the hell was that you got anything? Because I don't know if you see can ya. get any worse than that. <laughs> yeah, see, that wasn't even worse than what I said. So, you know, kudos to you. <laughs> Dude, just like the effort that looked... Yeah. <laughs> that you went through. <laughs>